0: It's 1994. NAFTA takes effect. Nancy Kerrigan gets galoo in the leg. Naked Gun movie star O.J. Simpson leads LA Police on a low-speed chase. Michael Jordan starts laying the groundwork for his iconic role in Space Jam as he strikes out in a new baseball career. And Quentin Tarantino begins his award run with Pulp Fiction. All the while, a New Jersey filmmaker sets out on a mission to bring six years of convenience store expertise to the big screen. Welcome, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to the Knights of the Underground Table podcast. I am your host, John Garcia. Tonight we will be discussing Clerks, the 1994 movie directed by Kevin Smith, uh, acclaimed director of such fantastic <laughs> films as Yoga Hosers, <laughs> Tusk, uh, and uh, Jane and Silent Bob, Bob Reboot. reboot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That voice you heard is uh, with me as always, Ryan
1: King. Uh, yeah, this is going to be my chance to like... Apologize to Kevin Smith for <laughs> my rant about Jade and Bob reboot. Uh,
0: and Michael Dixon.
2: What's up? Uh, I assume this podcast is just going to be me and John sitting quietly while Ryan just like goes on for hours about his love for this movie. So looking forward to hearing his long diatribe about his love for convenience stores
1: and Kevin Smith they wow. have to recuse myself for too much <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no. See, I'm too close to the product Justice Roberts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of clicks <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and tonight, like I said, we're discussing the film uh, Clerks. It is a movie that I didn't see uh, when it came out because I was four years old, everybody. <laughs> I was pretty young That's then. no excuse, John. <laughs> I should have been in that theater.
2: Um, I you should have, have ever... <laughs> bought cigarettes and watched that movie.
0: <laughs> I was supposed to buy cigarettes from Dante, <laughs> so <laughs> the fine was justified. Um, yeah, this was a film that I kind of picked because I don't even remember why I picked it. I just realized I'd never seen it. And I think at this point, the YouTube algorithm was like, Hey, here's Kevin Smith interviews.
1: (laughs) And I thought about
0: it, it was like, yeah, that's one movie I haven't seen. And for some reason it comes up every few months with somebody that I'm talking with. Um, I used to work in retail, so I was told it would be a great film for me. I would totally get it even though I never worked at a convenience store and I was like, all right, fine. It looks, you know, like the same shit that I did at my job. Um, which was just talk with my friends as though we had a complete wall of privacy (laughs) in front of any customers. Uh, So yeah, I picked that. Um, And honestly, like my opinion, I loved, I loved it. I thought it was a fun hangout movie. It felt uh, like the, the dialogue at times felt a little stagey, but Hey, whatever. Kevin Smith's kind of first crack at it. And I could tell it was drawing on a lot of personal experience based on the different consumers you would see come in and out of that store and the video store as well. Um, I could tell that he had, he had some things to say about his six years experience and convenience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I know that it was shot in black and white. I know that it was also shot in black and white because it was a budgetary constraint, not because it was an artistic choice. Uh, Jason Mewes is on record as saying they didn't want to take credit for artistic choice <laughs> uh, if they didn't have to, but also, uh, there was a, sp- a period of time where Kevin Smith, uh, co-opted some reviewers comment about oh it makes it look like a security camera footage that's why they did it and he was like yeah yeah that's totally it, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was only decades later he would admit that was a lie <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i enjoyed it i had good laughs with it uh and i'm i'm kind of interested to see what ryan's going to bring to the table for this <laughs> so uh i'll turn it over to you ryan
1: for- yeah I think it's black and white. Also, like it definitely was budgetary concerns, but I think also he references that a lot that Slacker was a big part of that, and it's also in black and white for artistic reasons. Yeah, um, and so I think he took it as like, well, it can be cheaper. Slacker's in black and white. Is it not black no. and white? Oh, no, no, I thought it was. Of, oh, yeah. never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did right. Ted then, Turner colorize like, Slacker? <laughs> slacker. In my mind, it's in black and white. Because <laughs> um, in Austin, we don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> All right, fair, 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 never mind. But oh, yeah, I yeah, know he did it yeah. on a budget uh and it just incidentally looked artistic. Um yeah, I I don't know if I mentioned it before on a podcast, but I first saw Clerks because my dad thought it was high fidelity when we were at Blockbuster. <laughs> right nice. And he confused uh what, what movie was what, like Jack Black and Kevin Smith, I think. And that <laughs> mistake sure. changed Ryan's and, life forever. And it, yes. <laughs> and it did. Uh, because yeah, it was really very different from like the movies that we had typically watched very different from high fidelity. Um, and, and my dad's comment at the end of it is like, well, there was too much cussing in that was pretty much his walk away, take away from it. Um, but yeah, after having seen that as I got into college, cause I was in high school for me, I got into college and in, like, Other people are like, hey, you should check out Mallrats. And then I just kind of follow Kevin Smith's career. This is like, I want to say probably the first director commentary I listened to was on Clerks. And then I've listened to like tons of Kevin Smith commentary after that and all his podcasts and all kinds of crap. Uh, I could talk about the Clerks animated series some today because it's so many like quotes that I repeat that nobody gets. No (laughs) one gets. There's such deep cuts to reference the Clerks animated series. Um, so yeah, I've definitely always liked it. Like I'll, I'll just try to like fill things in, but I'm a yeah. thousand percent biased. I'm relying on you for a lot of story structure here. Cause I did not take some of the notes. I'll try to I remember it. And yeah, even having watched it, like story structure is loose in my head. A lot it, of structure it just jumbles around. Yeah. The movie yeah. kind of just happened. It falls the the a day and it happens. The events that come
0: in and out of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's only a couple key events that matter. The order matters.
0: It honestly, it, it sits in my head. The exact same as my retail store memories. Like it's, Oh, that happened the, at the some point during the day. <laughs> and then we've. I don't think we ever closed the shop to play hockey on the roof, though. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. The yeah. yeah.
1: So anyway, Dixon was I want I'm very interested. I, I kind of figured John <laughs> would dig, like dig it. I didn't. I'm not surprised by that. But I'm interested on on your take.
2: Uh, yeah, I am. I'm nervous now to tell Ryan <laughs> that I, I did not like uh, his his favorite movie or that may be an unfair characterization, but maybe your it's most a movie I like. Movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, Like, I appreciate what it's trying to do. I can see the Linklater uh, influence on it. Like, Slacker doesn't really have much of a plot. It's very loose. Um, You know, Linklater has kind of this hangout movie feel to a lot of his earlier features that I think works really well. It feels like Smith is trying to do that here. But, like, I didn't enjoy spending time with the characters, I guess. So it's like a hangout movie people you don't like um it's like a jim jarmusch film uh, okay okay (laughs) i I could compare (laughs) yeah i could see comparison to like strangers (laughs) in paradise or something yeah Yeah, like there's there's probably some jarmusch in uh influence here as well um but yeah i mean for the most part i was like waiting for the jokes and wasn't really getting them you know and it's like i think a lot of the comedy is supposed to be just kind of situational and kind of the absurdity of, of some of the things going on but I didn't really find myself that amused for the most part like the the like gum company represent representative was kind of funny um <laughs> but it was also incredibly unrealistic it's like there's <laughs> yeah. no way that ever happened you know like that I like, how is that economical for a gum company to send somebody into <laughs> a random convenience store T- take and a have stand. him lecture every teenager that comes in until he gets thrown out? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, the idea that it would work, that like the teenagers would rally behind him is just absurd. But um, overall, it's like there were some moments that kind of like were interesting and kind of made me smile, but overall, I was kind of bored with it. And at the end, I was kind of like, uh, I, don't, I don't really know why we just did that. Um, but interested to hear more of your guys' thoughts on it, because, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people like this movie. So, uh, you know, I'm on the wrong side of history on, on this one. And I'm interested <laughs> to hear why, why you guys like it. And, you know, may, maybe I'll come around
0: yeah I have no no real idea where to start with it other than it starts with a very relatable thing of being called in on a day when you're not supposed to work yeah, yeah. Uh, and having kind of Dante uh, shamble around and then try to get to the the shutters. I think it starts like kind of with a uh, a gag two gags that will continue to like kind of perpetuate throughout or two mentions anyway. One is like gum stuck in the shutters won't open the shop. So Dante has to go and get a sheet and put shoe polish on it, which he then carries the smell of for the rest of the day. And he has people both asking him why the shutters can't be opened and why he smells like shoe polish. Are you, Um, are you guys open? Yeah. (laughs) And just that, that perpetuation of like, yes, for, for fuck's sake, people pick up on what we need. Um, Despite the fact
2: that the sign says in massive letters, I assure you, yeah. we're over. <laughs> yeah, people just don't
0: take it serious. Um, yeah, like from there, it, it is just a jumble of like events that happen. We get introduced to a few characters. One is Veronica, which is Dante's current girlfriend that Dante doesn't really seem to be as engaged with as he is with obsessing over his ex, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, and you get that's kind of where you start to see there's a... Uh, Dante isn't like a lovable character set up with a lot of like oh he's he's loyal to the people that are around him. Dante just bitches and moans for most of the movie. <laughs> And it's what makes parts of those scenes like funny is he's being put in some of those situations, at least for me, like where, yeah, like the gum salesman that comes Mm -hmm. through. And it starts off as kind of a harmless conversation uh, where the guy's like, hey, you mind if I hang out in this place, if I buy a cup of coffee? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then it just escalates to him pulling like a fully rotted lung out of a bag that he's been carrying (laughs) around Um, as he tries to convince somebody they should buy gum instead of cigarettes. like. Yeah, that shit's absurd. That shit would never happen. But I can definitely see Kevin Smith pinning that after thinking about either seeing somebody at a convenience store get lectured for buying smokes yeah. or... Um, he himself being lectured by somebody who's like, you're an agent of death by association sort right, of shit. yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is what, isn't that, t- I think that's titled like vilification or something. They have like in between title cards too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I just didn't take too much note of. I was way more like, where is <laughs>
2: yeah, it going to go important. from
0: this? Yeah, yeah. They, they really don't seem to play into a lot of what's happening.
2: So was Smith was a convenience store clerk for a long time.
1: He worked yeah. at that convenience store Oh, interesting <laughs> that they yeah. filmed at and, the, and some at the RF video that's next door. Uh, and he and his his friend that worked at the video store a lot. So Dante is like Kevin Smith. Like, that's absolutely him. Which, you know, people now are like, what? It's not like Kevin Smith. Uh, he, like, if you listen to what he was like in high school, he's absolutely Dante. Like, he was a whiny little kid <laughs> that was obsessing over an ex-girlfriend so much that he couldn't see the girlfriend that was in front of him. Mm. And so, yeah, he pretty much, like, that's the core that he wrote. Uh, he had a friend, Brian Johnson. That's actually a podcast. I listen to more is the tell him Steve Dave with Brian Johnson on there who worked at the video store and pretty much was Randall like didn't give a fuck about his job. Everything was a joke, like to shock people mm. kind of guy. Um, and so that, yeah, he kind of took things from there and, and kind of ran with making it. Um, and so, yeah, it's absolutely like he worked at that shop. He hated it. <laughs> yeah. These are the kind of people that he interacted with. And mainly the movie is just that right is, there's kind of this through line of him and the girlfriend um, and him thinking about the ex who shows up and right. There's and, the and, checkoffs dead man. They <laughs> leave in the bathroom. <laughs> if you to introduce the guy who asks for
0: a porno magazine, to <laughs> not go, that one. <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> they got uh, off later. Yeah. And then Randall somewhat bringing Dante out of his funk, out of his shell a little bit. Right. That's about the only through line that we truly have. Everything else all you know Jay and Silent Bob way. everything else are just there to set up like little one-off jokes
0: yeah mm-hmm. it, you can tell that it's written from it's written to like condense a lot of that experience into something to like just kind of scathingly share in a in a fun way of like hey uh, a lot of other people probably relate to having these weird fucking customers come in that give you shit about whatever you're doing and that that sort of uh the more that I thought about it the more I was like This is a period when there's like a lot of grunge coming out and a lot of kind of like still like an aggression in terms of the the like current culture and I think the L.A. riots for '94 or were they '92? I don't remember. Around
1: then, yeah, yeah. But
0: it's just like a lot of like frustration um, in in the current like decade with shit that's going on. So I kind of was like, okay, yeah, this might be a lot of the music too is like loud rock. Um, I sound like a grandpa when I say it because I don't know how to like (laughs) sub genre when I'm talking about it. Uh, But I did pick up on like a lot of that. There's like aggressiveness to it uh, in in a way that feels like a fuck you um, just to a bunch of people. But so I can see him hating that job. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And in like, it really is just filled with those like vignettes. What is it? Then they say like, this job would be great if it wasn't for all the customers. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, the way they think about it, like, I wish I could just show up and do nothing
0: and get money for that and,
1: and get paid so that I can continue like whatever it is I want to do with my life, which appears to be not much of anything. Thought they just mm. like, isn't <laughs> is he, You, you, you start with him and he's like on the floor like, he's falling yeah. off the bed and the covers are there. The house is a wreck. His dog's, like, drinking out of a toilet. Doesn't he, doesn't he fall out of the closet? Oh, yeah. yeah. he falls when, out of uh, the closet. closet and his yeah. phone
0: is just, like, in a pile of clothes. Of clothes. Pile yeah. Of yeah.
1: So, yeah, that, that he's, like, on his day off, he's not really doing anything worthwhile either, right? None of the people we see seem to be really doing anything with their lives, anything great. Like, this is where they are. They have dreams maybe to get somewhere else, but they're not doing anything to follow up on it. I think Jay and Silent Bob are happy where they are. But they're the kind of, you know, the same. Like, they're representative of the people in the area. Like, they just stand out there. (laughs) Because that's all there is to do in this shitty Jersey city.
0: Yeah, just loiter wherever you can. Yeah. I I would say maybe um, talking a bit about uh, some of Dante's paradoxes or, like, his... um, contradictions that are brought into things like him pining over caitlin who has this streak of infidelity that apparently everybody else knows Everyone about knows, dante yeah. just was <laughs> never aware of um and at the same time him scolding uh veronica for sucking 36 dicks and then 37, 37. yes
1: 37 <laughs> which is uh, sucking and, on the way to the parking lot yeah and that one dude that was <laughs> like, like uh, that <laughs> yeah um but
2: there's just, an interesting kind of like analysis like of smith analyzing him, himself as being a shithead you know yeah and like showing the double standard of like men and women on you know it's okay that he's fucked 12 women but it's not okay that veronica has gone down on 37 dudes and only fucked four dudes and you know it's like this weird double standard and like you know he's appalled by her like not even cheating just what she's done before the relationship and then he's like totally cool with trying to get back with Caitlyn even though she's cheated on him so many times and it's just kind of like kind of placing Caitlyn up on a pedestal of like wanting what you can't have and not appreciating what you do have and those uh, those ideas were kind of interesting and um especially because he's fashioned the character around himself like being so self-critical
1: yeah. Well, and that's, that. I mean, that's exactly both from a relationship. Like, he was pining over an ex-girlfriend that cheated on him. <laughs> and that that absolutely, like, as he's at this point in his life realizing, like, I could do more. I could go somewhere else. I could be something else. Like, and I should stop caring about that because, e- exactly, it was just a someone I put on a pedestal because I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. right. And, and yeah, thought yeah. that was a relationship that mattered.
0: Yeah. There's a and Veronica
2: is clearly just such a better person like she actually cares about him and you know goes out of her way to try to encourage him in his career and to like you know bring him food during the day and just like she's seems like the kind of the perfect girlfriend and he's just like doesn't even fucking give a shit
1: yeah not every girl make
2: lasagna for you yeah Yeah. (laughs)
0: which is probably why kevin smith could deliver that line so like passionately, that was a great <laughs> silent Bob moment.
2: <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was going to talk. I was, yeah. I was very surprised. Ah, yeah. Subverted. Yeah.
1: yeah. He talks once in every, he talks a little bit more in some of the others, but mainly he talks once in each movie. Yeah. No a longer gig. subverted. Yeah. <laughs> and then outside of the movies, he talks nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason Mewes is playing himself. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, straight up. That dude Is he the other that
2: plays Randall? He's plays Jay. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: Jay just is like that. So a lot of this is people that Kevin Smith knew. The only actors that he brings on are Jeff Anderson as uh Randall. Randall and I'm forgetting his name that plays Dante now off the top of my head. I
2: oh, I assumed all of them were non actors. Um, yeah, it's
1: only like those those two and then I and then Caitlin and Veronica. And everyone else are people from the town that Kevin Smith knew that he thought would be fun to put into his movies yeah yeah uh, including Jay who comes off of the screen immediately as like a crafted personality mm-hmm. but it's like that was him all the time and Jay and Kevin Smith's like you'd be funny in a movie and made a star out of a Interesting. A, yeah. a pothead. Essentially. I feel
2: to be the guy that Kevin Smith is like, you are the perfect guy to jerk off and die in a bathroom. <laughs> 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 I don't know what it is about you, but it's just you, man. Yeah. yeah. It'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man.
0: Yeah. That was like, that was actually kind of an interesting dig t- to see that like, um, used against his ex Caitlin, who's like very, who's been, uh, already kind of convicted by everybody else's tellings of like several infidelities. And the fact that she still, didn't really have sex with Dante at the end. She had sex with the dead body before anything else would happen. There's just <laughs> like an irony to a lot of what happened there. And I think it both kind of does a good job of scathing Dante, who has like, has this realization he's been cheated on technically once again, um, but, but also scathing her. Um, Some weekend so, at
2: Bernie's shit going on. Yeah. There. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, like I think that a lot of the things that I liked in it, Dixon were just things that I related to on like an essence base, like just seeing a lot of it on screen of these random people who came in to ask questions that are unrelated to the store and what it actually functions for um, are things that I endured in retail, people walking in and asking me questions when there were signs everywhere telling them where <laughs> the fuck I worked. Oh yeah, yeah. And they would just be like, yeah, anyways, I'm going to ask you the question that I've, everybody else asked. So it, it was something that, uh, that resonated on that level, and that's why I appreciated it. And then on top of it, you get kind of the Hangout movie, Kind of conversations that I like, which we already enjoy at the table, thanks to Ryan. Ryan is the kind of guy who would pick apart the Death Star <laughs> <laughs> second construction and the that fact that they have contractors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All those innocent
1: lives. Yeah, and then, and then that,
2: that roofer who's the customer is like, "Wait a minute, what are you guys talking about? Let me stop you right there." Yeah. Like, a roofer you know, goes by his heart, not his wallet. Like, you know, he, he knows if if it's a, you know, political job that's against his, uh, morals, he's not going to do it. There's no way.
1: Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And I think that's where this, the, the movie resonates on two levels with a lot of people. One is that shit job that you worked, even if it wasn't necessarily a retail or a convenience store, you've had some job kind of like that or felt that way. Um, And then somewhat some people that you know, and then Kevin Smith's dialogue that he continues in his other other films that people enjoy is a realistic dialogue, maybe not, but it is the kind of conversations that people have. I think that's what they kind of attract to. Yeah,
2: maybe like an exaggerated version of real conversations that you would have.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of feel like it. You know, I think of like Tarantino dialogue you know kind of the back and forth there's there's not a lot of like s- space between them talking it's kind of like people would talk it's not to the point of like talking over each other yeah um i'm trying to think if there's a filmmaker that does I can't that i remember that
0: one I, I know there is one yeah
1: where he, he, he like is... lets characters talk over like each robert other. altman yeah altman does that yeah, yeah right yeah. so that that kind of thing it's not quite to that level but it's close
2: or the safety brothers uh, yeah. you think of them?
1: maybe um they yeah, did. Then, they
2: they won a Spirit Award for like best director for Uncut Gems a couple years ago, yeah. and they talked over each other okay. in their accepted speech. Like they both <laughs> gave separate speeches at the same time. <laughs> that's, <amazing. laughs> that's funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. That kind of that kind of dialogue that's very realistic, mm. right? Or, or people in the background talking or whatever. So this is is like people say realistic dialogue. I agree. It's not quite, but I think it's more that like yeah, I've hung out with my friends and complained about peppa pig for an hour <laughs> yeah it's,
0: it's a condensed it's that condensed logic like you need more time when you're hanging out with your friends you've got like several hours for the conversation to roll into whatever it's going to roll into and sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow but yeah kevin smith really is just crafting the condensed version of it it's like an abridged you don't have to wait for the in-between pauses randall immediately knows what the response should be yeah maybe there's like a few seconds of pause where he's thinking but uh it's always like rapid fired out uh, afterwards, it felt like a. In ways, it felt like watching a stage play, uh, in different segments with Dante's. Like I'm not even supposed to be here at certain <laughs> times. Mm-hmm. Just like I've seen that queuing in Shakespeare. Yeah. I know what that looks like. Fade <laughs> yeah. Scene. yeah. Yeah.
2: It almost felt like, and maybe this is why I got kind of bored with it. It felt like kind of the same act repeated over and over, where like, uh, fuck, I'm are forgetting the other guy's name. Not Dante. Randall. Randall like walks into the convenience store starts an absurd, inappropriate conversation with Dante, <laughs> angers a customer, creates an absurd situation where Dante gets the shit into the stick and then bitches about how he wasn't even supposed to be there today and, like, yeah. has this victim complex that kind of rides through everything. And then, you know, Randall's like, hey, you, you're you the one who fucking did this to yourself, man. Like, it kind of repeats that, you know, that plot every 15 minutes or so in, in the movie. And it's like, it's an interesting idea, him having this victim complex randall egging him on to do stupid shit but he's the one who actually decides to do it right he's the one who makes the bad decisions and can't own up to that fact doesn't blame himself or really randall to that large of a degree it's just like the world is against him and like you know he just can't get anything going right
1: yeah but and i think it's the the difference between them that dante attempts to care about the job enough to show up on a day he's supposed to be off From from a boss who doesn't appear to care about him. Who's Uh, in Vermont. Who definitely doesn't care about him. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And Randall works for the same boss. Their stores are owned by the same guy. Doesn't give a fuck about the job is never over there, practically never in the video store. He shows up late. He's never over there and he can't appear to get fired. So why does Dante care so much about putting up the pretense of this being important or any of this mattering that Randall and that Randall's just at the complete opposite side of like, none of this matters. Yeah. (laughs) Job doesn't matter. These people don't matter.
0: And it was, isn't it like it's Dante has like a particular problem with um, reconciling that he's made all of the choices that led to now. Because he like dropped out of high school, right? I mm-hmm. think that like Veronica's trying to egg, egg him on to get he back finish, and to, and goes, yeah, finish yeah. his education because he's got potential, but he's very like adamant that he doesn't really need to do that. He's stuck in like a oh I hope things were better in like the glory days when I was with Caitlin, and there's just a lot of his uh, everything that like he does in the day is a result of him kind of rebuffing like those decisions, not really owning up to. Uh, where he's put himself and instead he opts to embrace like being the authority of the convenience store to try to make something of himself, to try to feel like he matters in that, that context and Randall just doesn't fucking care and sees through that. Yeah. He's like, no, this is just bullshit. Like you fucking hate yeah, this job. Like a monkey could do this job. Yeah. Stop being, <laughs>
2: get off your fucking high horse and just like, you know, care about this at the level that I do where, which is not at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: And Randall does have some really good tendencies as a friend. He's very loyal and seems to, to stick up for Dante. And, and he's what, pretty he,
2: perceptive, too.
0: Yeah. He, like, threatens Caitlyn, doesn't he? I can't remember what. He, like, threatens somebody. He's like, if you do anything to break Dante's head, oh, yeah, 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 I'll Caitlin. fucking kill you. Yeah. Nothing he's, personal. He's watching <laughs> the hermaphrodite porn. Yeah. And just openly in the store. Yeah, <laughs> Oh
1: man. I, I was telling John that the scene where Randall like reads off all those pornos on the phone uh-huh. <laughs> and the mom and the son are sitting there, that Jeff Anderson didn't want to do that in front of the kid. And so they just shot his shot and then later came back oh, and did the two shot of shot, the reaction. Yeah. But Kevin Smith was like, Well, we need a realistic reaction. So he read the pornos in front of the actress <laughs> and her son so that they could get that. So it's like it didn't prevent anything from happening. It just he didn't have to do yeah, it. Jeff didn't that's have to funny. do it.
0: Yeah, that's all. Um, yeah, there, there's a few other things that are kind of like, like autobiographical in it that I wonder if if it's something that happened, like the the funeral that they go to, which I don't think that they actually probably fucked up. I doubt that that's autobiographical. But <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> um But the fact that it was like an ex-girlfriend like a, and yeah, someone of, they knew
1: from school and that kind of yeah. feeling of. How that's that world is ended, like it doesn't matter, and that like, well, I guess we could be dead. Yeah, but Yeah.
0: Those are the things that like really because before that, Dante's like, I don't know if I want to close the store or not. And like they close it to do a hockey game because he gets fed up that his boss is in Vermont. He's like, (laughs) fuck this then. First we'll be back after first period. Um, but even after that, he's still a little bit like, I don't wanna leave the shop though. I can close it, but I just gotta be here. And then uh, him kind of hearing that somebody he knew died is what kind of pushes him to realize like, fuck that. I don't need to be at the store all the time. I don't need to do these things. And it's uh, a slow crumble throughout the film of just him slowly giving more and more away to uh, like, fuck it. And, at the end of it, like he's even lost the nostalgia he's pined for, as like Caitlin has fucked a dead man, and she's catatonic and being driven away. Like all over
2: the cops, like, oh, she's gonna need years of therapy to recover from this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, just just one of those things where it's like everything that he's had tells him to move forward. Everything that, that has happened that day is like, this is your red letter day. Like get the fuck out of here. Don't do this. Um, so I have to wonder to what degree that was Kevin Smith's kind of wake up call or what he was trying to. Yeah. There do was something about it.
1: Yeah. There was some point where he realized he should do something else. Uh, I think he maybe thought he was going to be something more in his life, you know, like we all do. And then at some point, yeah, he's like done with high school and in a, in a convenience store and is like, what, why, Why did it end up here? So, yeah. So, Kevin Smith then, he went to film school in Toronto, which he didn't finish. He got far enough in and had met uh, a few people to help him out um, and came back and was like, well, I could just make a movie. Like, I know what it takes now. I've seen what the equipment is and learned enough about the equipment. And he had seen Slacker and was like, wow, I could do that. Like, that's when he got interested in movies. He watched Slacker Mm -hmm. and was like, anybody could do that. Which is fairly true. Like, Slacker is something that you could sit there and watch and be like... Anybody can do it from I a guess budgetary I could do that. perspective. <laughs> yes. But, well, like, it Slacker feels is a like very a complex loose, movie. It is, but like, it feels yeah. like a loose movie where you're just following right. people. I mean, that's what it is, but there's more to it than that. But it is just mm. sort of like... Well, you just film in the town you're in the kind of people that you know yeah, and tell that story or those stories. Um, and I guess an article had gotten printed from link letter where he talked about exactly the breakdown of the budget for that movie. And Kevin Smith was just like, I'll do that. Like I could just spend exactly the same amount of money. He sold off his comic books and he put everything else on credit cards and was like, great. We'll rent the, what's amazing is you could do this exact movie even cheaper. Oh yeah. So much cheaper now, but it's like he, he had to get film. He had to rent cameras. He had to get lighting. They filmed it at night, which is why the shutters are closed. Oh, interesting. That's why they could use the convenience store. Right. Right. So he's using a convenience store where he knows the owner. He's using as many of his friends as possible. Right. So I do. I really appreciate the craft of putting together something that is a it is a competent movie compared to what John and I often watch. Yes. Of these (laughs) auteurs. It's a it's a very competent movie. Um, I agree. It's just is funny moments kind of strung together loosely around a plot kind of describes any of Kevin Smith's movies. It's true. Um honestly they probably go downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. over the I, years, haven't I actually my only
2: it. exposure to Kevin Smith before watching Clerks was Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> or he plays that like hacker, hacker guy that yeah. John McClane has to go find and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you seen and any I've other I seen like some interviews with him and stuff cuz he's just fucking everywhere. Yeah, he's all avoid. over. It. But yeah. I hadn't seen any of his, his other work before.
1: Yeah. Have you seen any, John? Anything yes.
0: Else? Uh, I actually really liked, and it might be because I was a teenager at the time and working in a movie theater, and the owner of that theater happened to really like it as well. Zach and Mary make a porno. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and
2: oh, I didn't like, realize that was him. I haven't seen yeah. that. I I've, think I've seen like bits of it on TV. but
0: Yeah, it's definitely him, and you know it immediately <laughs> because it starts with Seth Rogen and Craig Robinson having a conversation behind a counter that goes on for a long time <laughs> while they insult customers <laughs> that come in and out. Uh, and then it just goes into a plot about uh, two people trying to, to pay rent, so they decide they should, start a, they should film a porno and sell it. And, and they, they do like the same thing. The, they
1: film it at night out of their shop. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it just follows that kind of thing. Um, but I remember the owner of the theater held on to those reels for like an oh, extended wow. period of time and was just having late night screenings of that movie. <laughs> he did this with like Mama Mia and some other things. <laughs> okay. too.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Oh, all right. Um, but he, he would, when he liked a movie, he'd like the movie and hold on to it for a bit. And so I saw that movie a few times in theaters just cause he was like, "All right, you want to stay after and like have free popcorn and eat everything else? And I was like, fuck yeah. I want to do that and watch <laughs> this movie. Sure. Um, did you not go see Tusk with,
1: I, I be, went and saw Tusk you with saw you. You saw Tusk with me. I did see Tusk with Ryan. With me, a couple of our friends, and maybe two other people in that theater.
0: With Justin Long gets turned into a walrus in that one. I wonder if,
2: if that relationship happened because of Live Free or Die Hard. It might have. Justin Long and it, and uh, Kevin did. Smith are in, have lots of scenes I together. I bet Live Free or Die
0: Hard was such a fucking chore to make that they just talked about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doing something more
1: fun. Because Justin Long's also in Zack and Mary Make a Porno yeah he yeah. is he like kevin smith picks up people as he goes right there's a bit it of just roles. yeah there. th- there's certain like directors right that just reuse people kevin yeah, smith yeah. Uh, obviously has like himself and jason Mewes show up in everything uh and he has his friends that have shown up as cameos or st- sort of become important characters <laughs> yeah ben affleck for a couple movies there right but he sort of yeah. picks up people as he goes and he has this like people that he knows and, and likes that, that like him to hang out with him and they make movies yeah. essentially make movies. Yeah. Um,
2: the Adam Sandler philosophy. Yeah. They're
1: entertaining in their own right compared to a lot the of Happy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. movies Um,
2: no, that's unfair. It's also the Martin Scorsese philosophy. Yeah. Martin yeah. yeah, Scorsese does it. Ta- yeah. Tarantino
1: does it. Uh, the, yeah. Like Wachowski's like, th- mm. there are tons of people that do it. Um, I will say, like, wait, since we're just mentioning, you say you see Kevin Smith everywhere, and he's coming up in your YouTube feed. Yeah, it, he was
2: like, I think the last time I saw him, he, it was like an IMDb thing where he was just at Sundance interviewing filmmakers, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, I want to see that movie. And I was like, why is Kevin Smith working for IMDb doing interviews <laughs> of? Uh, oh, it was it was a uh, Palm Springs. He's like interviewing uh, the the cast, like Andy Samberg and those guys. i was like, this, is, this seems random, but whatever. Yeah,
1: it. I do think it's interesting to look at Kevin Smith. He really opened himself up to fans and continues to open himself up to fans that he, and he embraces the technology as it's changed. We're talking about 1994 that Clerks comes out. So like, internet's a thing, but it's not something that people are using to connect with celebrities in the way that they do now. But as it went, Kevin Smith, every step of the way, used those new internet technologies to deepen his relationship with fans yeah. to get him this diehard audience that has kept his career alive. Yeah, at, interesting. Like, solely through that. Like, honestly, Clerks is fun. Yes. But it's not a grand movie to yeah. stand on its own right. It is a cult movie, you know, even as well-known as it is, it's still a cult movie at the end of the day. Every one of his movies is a cult movie at the end of the day. Um, and, but he gets enough from it from sustaining this audience who will come out who will go see tusk in the theater for for whatever reason yeah. you know and and he goes and he tours with his podcast or he toured with his movies and people show up and fill out the the theaters um because i think because of that because they feel a connection to him and the people around him um yeah. but he started internet forums really early on like for his he's, USQ he's universe. cultivated
0: a, a different celebrity. Yeah. In a way.
1: He sold shirts and like shipped them on the internet when that was a new thing that people were doing. He was really early into podcasting. Yeah. Um, after long it's still doing it long after people have moved off of podcasting like onto new platforms. Yeah. Um, but he keeps connecting, right? And he's finding these ways to interact.
0: And that's how he keeps making uh, worse and worse films. Yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> he, when your when your fans love you for everything you've done, you never know when you do something. You wrong. never know when it's bad. Yeah, you have too many <laughs> yeah.
1: yes men. I will say his relationship with Seth Rogen leading him to weed, which amazingly Silent Bob, as the character and all the j- references and jokes they make about weed, Kevin Smith was straight laced. Straight laced. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but definitely no weed at all until he met Seth Rogen and Zach and Miri make a porno. Mm-hmm. And then now Kevin Smith is all weed all the time. Yeah, uh, And that's definitely changed the movies that he makes. I'll admit there's definitely a marked change to where now he yeah. really honestly makes what he wants to make. Which you could say, well, okay, let's well, clerks. I think he wanted clerks to be something. He wanted it to sell. He wanted people To get it he wanted it to launch a career and then he was trying to make movies that he thought were that mix of like i would like to watch this and so other people would like to watch it and then at some point he was just like i want to do this and he didn't really care yeah (laughs) he doesn't care anymore whether someone's interested in it or not yeah he's a scorsese of schlock yeah (laughs) yeah brand
2: (laughs) Uh, what do you think like of kevin smith's other movies what are ones that are worth checking out
1: I you know what can I what can, what can I cannot recommend Mallrats is a favorite of people. It's honestly along these same lines. It's very much some people going to the mall around a loose plot and excuses to kind of tell jokes. Uh, it does have the benefit of having actors you know um, in a lot more roles. Uh, ben Affleck you just named off, but like Ethan Suplee, uh, J- Jason the so one that's a Scientologist, <laughs> Jason. Uh,
0: he's a Scientologist. Yeah, he's
1: he's like the main of Mallrats, um, but it, it's not necessarily better than Clerks. It's kind of the same kind oh, of Jason, the more, Lee. Jason Lee. Jason yeah. Lee, yeah. Mm. So Jason Lee. So um, Dogma, I like.
0: I I haven't actually seen Dogma. I just remember George Car- George Carlin is in it. And he reveals the new face of the church,
1: Buddy, Buddy Christ. G- it's yeah. yeah. just like
0: a happy Jesus given finger gun. Is this yeah. like
1: prosperity gospel stuff? Yeah, yeah I, think, as, I think it's something like that. Somewhat, yeah. As a, as a uh, an in and out with the church person, you probably would like dogma. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, it's actually, of his movies, the most sh- strictly around a plot. It yep. uses a setup, a lot of jokes, but it's very strictly around a plot. Uh, and you get even better actors because at that point you have Matt Damon as well added to his yeah. like friend list. Um, and so you and Alanis Morissette and George Carlin and like the list gets much larger of much better people. Chris Rock, like yeah. th- that one's one where it's like it's got a good cast that actually holds it up a lot more and it has a good plot. Then it's really downhill from there, I would say, after that. Clerks 2, I enjoyed. I have not watched since. Um, but I did enjoy it. It felt like a natural progression. There's definitely some scenes, and what I was talking about some earlier that are very Randall uh, right. scenes, very much extension. Clerks three has been on the rumor train for a long time. I think it actually got all the way into production until uh, all the the fallout with uh, what's his name that was the Jeff? <laughs> no, the rapist producer. Oh, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. yeah. So Weinstein owns some chunk of rights to Clerks because he bought. At Sundance, and yeah, I, I
2: saw the Weinstein Company was behind it.
1: Yeah, so he pretty much threw the money at, it, but then like Clerks couldn't be like Clerks two, and Clerks three can't be done without the sign off because the studio bought. Oh, that's Clerks. Ridiculous. So he can use Jay and Silent Bob and the characters, but it can't be Clerks essentially or Clerks related. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, Clerks three kind of fell off so around the Weinstein trial stuff and has been. Somewhere in the back burner.
2: Interesting. Speaking of production companies, I really want to talk about the production company animation at the beginning of the
0: film. <laughs> what is this? Uh, oh, so yeah.
2: there's like a small child sitting on the ground and a like creepy clown <laughs> that walks by into a door and reemerges wearing like. Laundry? Stockings and, and high heels like, and a nets, thong yeah. and yeah. like staring seductively at this child <laughs> who is never seems to notice the clown at all. It was like, is is that Kevin Smith's production company, or I don't I don't know what the hell that was, but like that was the most disturbing <laughs> production company animation yeah. I've ever seen. Seemed to be promoting pedophilia. <laughs> um, I, I was very. I was like, wait a minute, did I just see that? I rewound like right at the start. I was like, what the fuck was that? Did I see that right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that is part of his production company at the time. Um, they also they greenlight some other movies. They helped produce some other movies. One of which was by brian johnson who is randall is based on that is about a clown it's like kind of crazy like that so i don't know if back then they had that idea already in your head and just thought it'd be funny to do that which is uns- just totally like kevin smith way to just have an inside joke that no one, <laughs> yeah. no one is getting and maybe even confused or disturbed Did you by. put on the list maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> um
0: yeah, what was that production? It was Skewed production? It's a view, a skew skew pre- is, yeah, a view Skew. Yeah, Skew, view
1: skew is. is, I think, what all of his stuff is now, but at that time, I think it was, like, Askew production or something like that, which is... I don't
2: remember what the name... I should have written it down, but I was just, like, so shocked by that animation. Like, oh, what, the, what yeah. the fuck is happening? I think there? they've toned it down. <laughs> Did it's I like click J-Zone? on the right... Is this, like, a porn parody yeah. of Clerks? Did I <laughs> click the right thing?
0: You're in the wrong territory now,
1: Dixon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're on the list. <laughs> Um, I don't think I can. I don't think I can really recommend any other, any other Kevin Smith, other Smith features. Special. I liked Red State. It's an interesting watch. It's also more like plot than necessarily gag. Yeah. It certainly turns like hard plot at a point. I like Tusk. I'm probably the, like one of two people in the world that was into Tusk. Not, I remember not I liking it when I saw it. Everyone yeah. else in that theater hating it and me laughing my head off. Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: like, I don't understand. <laughs>
2: Um, is that a movie where you just have to like know that it's stupid and laugh at it, kind of a thing?
1: It's a mix of like knowing that it's schlock, mm-hmm. right? And the absurdity of just the whole thing. It's the biggest situational yeah. comedy.
0: Who hasn't been turned into a walrus? Slowly yeah. In the
1: course <laughs> of days. Yeah. It's a bit like, what is it? Safety Not Guaranteed. That's the one about the time traveling. Yeah. That's right. Supposedly. Yeah, with with Mark Duplass.
2: Yeah. 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 So, yeah.
1: So Kevin Smith had read an article that talked that was like a, a want ad. I think it was like a want ad that someone like needed a roommate. And there was some reference to like having had a walrus <laughs> yeah. and Kevin Smith <laughs> just precaution. became obsessed with this concept of a guy that like had a pet walrus that was gone. And now he was getting a new roommate to replace his pet walrus. that was gone. Right. <laughs> but then he was going to replace that pet walrus that was gone by like trapping this guy and slowly, like converting him over into being a walrus and I just told you the whole movie and that yeah, and that I, was exactly I didn't give movie. away the ending that he's turned into a walrus. Like that's It tells you up front that's where we're going on this train. Did Kevin um,
2: Smith pony up the cash to get I Am The Walrus to, oh, to play in the movie? So. Yeah, I can't yeah, I, don't think I don't think so. Think so. Don't think that's probably too expensive. That's probably too much. That's yeah. too much. Yeah, and, then,
1: and
0: then after that, it was Yoga Hosers. and
1: Yeah, know. it falls off real fast. Yeah, yeah, Yoga Hosers was
0: just... For him and Johnny Depp's daughter, Awful. Awful. Yeah. Not like they didn't have a daughter <laughs> together. I don't know. They didn't adopt a daughter. Johnny Depp's daughter and Kevin Smith his daughter yes. are the main
1: two of of that uh and as i complained in my rant on jane silent bob reboot he brings back his daughter for the main driver of that as well um yeah so that's the point where he's just making movies and he's like oh my daughter can be in this this will be fun and here's this stupid idea of a thing i read Is in a one ad that i'm obsessed with i'll make a movie about that
2: he's like i don't got friends yeah. Yeah. i got family yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will
1: say that i see that the weed is a turning point but but also working with bruce willis appeared to be a part of a turning point oh yeah um so wait for you die hard well yeah no but he <laughs> he made a movie that was a full studio movie where he didn't write the script it was one of those like what do they call them blacklist scripts or whatever that's floats around for a long time that's mm-hmm. one of those like good scripts in hollywood um and then somebody has to pick it where, up where someone has to pick it up. And so he was like, yeah, I'll direct it. Like they put it together and I'll direct it. And it was Bruce Willis. Uh, God, I cannot think of what the title of it is now. No, got, but anyway, it's like got, a, it's like a yeah. shitty buddy cop movie. Um, and it's a bad movie. It's just an outright bad movie, but notoriously Bruce Willis was a pain in the ass to work with. And, and you know, now we know more about Bruce Willis's declining state. Yeah. Um, you know, you can look back on some of these things and maybe see where some of that was going. But I can honestly say, even Prime Bruce Willis, you can tell which movie he's ha- he's enjoying and which movies he does not want to be there. <laughs> I mean, it was it was cop out. Cop with out. Tracy, it, with Tracy Morgan, Morgan and, and, and Bruce Willis. And Bruce oh,
2: Wallace. I remember seeing trailers for that and I thought it looked fucking awful. It is. Clear it is absolutely right. awful. It's fucking awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely one of those. Like Bruce Willis is just not into it every step of the way of that movie, and it doesn't work. And now and Kevin Smith couldn't get it out of him and then get that more and more frustrated. And everyone that worked on it got frustrated. And I think he had said he was going to be done with movies until he realized, like again, like, oh, I don't have to work with studios. I can just do what I did before For I worked with studios. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's like, I could just front the money myself, and as long as I come out even and I had fun, then, like good enough. And so that's what he's been doing since then is he just fronts the money. He makes it back by touring it around and getting audiences to show up and laugh at him. And he has a good time. Well, there you go. and so, yeah, that seems to be working good for, for, him. for him. Yeah. yeah. Good um, job, Kevin Smith. you got,
0: achieved your dreams from convenience store to convenience filmmaking. That's where you take
1: it. <laughs> that's how it works out. Uh, yeah. I did mention like the clerks animated series. I recommend it's not too many episodes. Uh, for those of you that enjoy Clerks, for those of you that didn't, maybe You're hit probably miss. probably not going to want to follow it up <laughs> with that or Clerks too. <laughs> yeah. It's in that timeline where Fox was trying and failing to follow up The Simpsons over and over and over again uh, Yes, um, by debuting something after a Super Bowl, giving it two weeks, and giving up on it. Killing it, it. <laughs> yeah. And so two episodes aired, they killed it, and they ended up releasing a DVD that had the six episodes, maybe, that they got through production. Uh, What's really amazing is if you watch the broadcast two episodes, the first one references like the first gag is it's like uh, last time on Clerks and it's just that TV bars like it's like. (laughs) And then at the end of that episode, it says next time on Clerks and it shows the same thing. Uh, And then the second episode is a clip show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Immediately and it just does calls backs to nothing something that never happened That's <laughs> and incredible. then that was it those are the only two episodes you would have seen if you watched it on tv wow <laughs> um yeah. yeah so it's definitely and it's a, like a nice like self-deprecating like it constantly just is like how stupid is it to have a clerks animated series these characters aren't anything like they should be um and then just has fun being like absurd uh the student the uh television production and fox wouldn't let Jane Bob. Reference selling drugs, okay. So they sell firecrackers, yeah. Two children who <laughs> proceed to blow things up. Uh, and then, and then one of my favorite gags is that they get a monkey, Jay and Silo Bob steal a monkey, yeah. And like Dante's like, What, what, why, what would you do with a monkey? And Jay just like turns to him and is like, Duh, teach it to smoke. <laughs> and then that's the episode, like, and all, like, so all all shit's going do. on, they teach it to smoke, and then it gets nicotine fits, and like. <laughs> What the fuck? But it's like that was okay. That got past the sensor. They were fine with it. Yeah, that's fine. Well, the monkey smoking. We can show that on television. Easy enough.
0: Uh yeah, they showed it on The Simpsons. Mr. Bobo (laughs) (laughs) smokes. Um That's Mr. Teeny, right? I feel yeah, Mr. Teeny, that's right. Uh, Mr. Bobo, I don't know who that is. Oh, that's the horse from Sorry to Bother You (laughs) From the plate, yeah.
1: Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like there's a Mr. Bobo in the... There has to be Like somewhere. a teddy bear of Mr. Burns or something? This is exactly but, Oh, what? yes, it's, it's called Bobo.
0: Teddy bear? Yeah, Bobo. Bobo. Yeah,
2: Yep, that Maggie ends up finding.
0: This is exactly the podcast episode that clerks would... Uh, we reference <laughs> other things. ...is we just slowly trail off from it <laughs> and start talking casually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if only we had people coming up to us trying to get, like, fucking, I don't know, buying whatever yeah. shit from us. <laughs> it's just the full experience yeah. of a retail outlet.
2: <laughs> I will say an, another thought on the actual movie. I, I feel like one of the weak points for me was the actor who played Dante. And I felt like the character, there was some good stuff written there. And these ideas that we've talked about of kind of his inadequacy and lack of ambition and... um you know, dealing with randall and and kind of all of that but it's just i felt like he didn't really seem like a very believable as like a lived-in character yeah. and you know I'm, I'm sure given the budget that kevin smith ha- had it was probably hard to get you know really good actors to be part of this but i felt like that was kind of a weak spot in the movie and it was kind of right at the core of everything that was was going on i felt like um Veronica was actually really strong. The actor who played her and um, the actor who played Caitlin was pretty good, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Brian O'Halloran. I was trying to remember his name earlier. I agree. Who plays Dante. Who plays Dante. I agree. This is an early outing for an actor that's trying to figure it out. Yeah. And yeah, he is kind of weak. I think he's better. When when you get to Clerks 2, he's a lot better. He finds the character better. Yeah. And when he pops up into other... Stuff in this, you know, broad universe. Like, he's good. Like, he kind of knows what Dante is at that point, does a better job. Dante does become a bit one note in those others because he's much more just like the pissed off at Randall yeah. character and less of a well formed uh, human being that he is in this one. Um, is Jeff
2: Randall and- more of the main character? Is the. No, I would say 2 is
1: the same shtick. Like, yeah. it's the two of them. They just they work at a hamburger place instead called Movies. Called movies. Mm-hmm. movies is their like Disney slash. McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's horrible <laughs> combo. It comes into play in in Dogma, where they're like just the angels claim it's idolizing a golden cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, the movies is their like uh, hamburger place, and then Rosario Dawson works there and becomes dante's new girlfriend there's no like reference to veronica or caitlin at that point i don't yeah, think
0: dante's still kind of a scumbag too yeah
1: he's pretty much they're in the same spot they're just older yeah. uh, and i think clerks three is supposed to be kind of the same concept like we follow up with again they're just in the same spot i like just jeff. never
2: learning anything or evolving. yeah they never yeah. really change like i like jeff anderson
1: in this like i actually think randall he does well with what he really he is. goes for it he
2: does and i appreciate that i felt like uh Again, he kind of didn't really feel like a real person to me because that's some of that is because the character is written that way. But I think some of it is because of his performance, too, is very over the top with kind of like the the voice that he's doing and his mannerisms are kind of just turned up a little bit higher than normal.
1: You know? Yeah, I think he is. And then you, you know, I'm like, so is Jay. (laughs) So is Silent Bob. Right. They're kind of unrealistic. So I feel like Randall, Jay and Silent Bob are in the same universe and if you play everyone yeah. up to that sort of absurd level it works. Dante doesn't quite hit either. Veronica's realistic. Yeah, I Veronica is very the realistic, most realistic. Grounded.
2: Maybe the most well-rounded character in the thing and Caitlyn is also kind yeah, of absurd. She's, yeah, yeah, she's a little
1: over the top. Um but and I think that's where when you get to like Clerks 2 or his later stuff, he just knows. He puts everyone at the same sort of stupid level. Like Mallrats gotcha. is kind of that where they're all kind of at the same unrealistic level, but they're all at the same level. So it kind of works. Yeah. Um, and so I think he figured that out better to kind of, to turn away from like making a serious thing. And it's like, Oh, what people like are these jokes? So, uh, I've, I i can not help, but just like,
0: yeah, go right. <laughs> just go. <okay? laughs>
1: originally. I'm just going to turn my mic off. Yeah. <laughs> originally. And I think filmed Kevin Smith did an ending where Dante gets shot by a person holding the store up. Okay. And that was Kevin Smith's original ending the dark note of he wasn't supposed to be there like capping off and it feels
2: know, a little bit too intense for the rest of the film <laughs> yes it does
1: yeah. and well and like whatever kevin smith says about artistic he was trying to be and to him that was like the artistic ending but that's a uh just out of high school in the 90s wouldn't it be yeah. kind of person yeah, <laughs> yeah that that he was and decided like, like
2: a guy who just saw do the right thing and it's like i need yep. you to like have a real banging ending to this <laughs> yeah. thing that really makes people think you know like. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes for sure and so yeah he got after i think one of his first showings someone was like yeah no That's like just, this yeah. this the wrong ending and i think the other thing being that it's a it's, it was also a downer ending which they reference when they're talking about Empire being the better Star Wars movie because it has a yeah. downer ending mm-hmm. um, that he was like oh it's, it'd be good because it has a downer ending and yeah some whoever it was that was actually from a Hollywood studio was like no this movie is funny otherwise that is the wrong tone like just go the happy route that you're supposed to be going with a movie like this <laughs> uh, and he says many times he was like that was the best advice I've ever gotten because he's like I don't think this movie would have sold if I had Put my foot down and demanded yeah. that I had that dark ending, um, and it's yeah. I'm like it. It's what it is. Like it's fine. That definitely does not gel <laughs> with yeah. the, with the rest of the
0: movie. Would have been very shocking, though.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I don't know how I would have handled it.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's all. It's already like Caitlin fucking the dead guy and having to go That's to the so hospital funny. because she's like. Traumatized out of her mind. It's really dark, and that's real close to the ending of the movie. So, like you know, you get you get your really dark moments. Yeah, you gotta have
1: something else. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that! Oh, it's like, <laughs> he comes to ask for the pornos behind the the yeah. desk, and behind the stand. He's like, "No, not that one. Uh, that boobs aren't big enough in that yeah. one." And he's like, <laughs> "Get the ones behind it." The... <laughs> uh, and then and then proceeds to go right to the bathroom with it, and they know like thing, he brings up toilet paper too right yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> just they know I, I do like the people in the store like yeah. that i think i enjoy like the absurdity of the people who stand underneath the sign asking questions that are obvious like where something is in the store or the price on things
2: the like, guy trying to find the perfect
1: egg, egg dozen like, yeah. i don't know what the hell's going on with that dude is he a student counselor yeah yeah. he's like i love the part where he just like smashes the two eggs on the <laughs> thing. And he, but that they put up with them, I like, like that to me feels like many people that I had come in. I worked at an ice cream sandwich shop, coffee shop, and the people that came in, it was just like, they knew the way they wanted something, mm-hmm. and they paid. They showed up every time, and they paid, and their thing was stupid, and it wasn't something we were supposed to do, but if the boss wasn't there, you he did. would bring yeah, you in, and he t- he'd tip you, and he would show up every day at the same time, and yeah. you just did it. Because you, that was more important to you than whatever your boss's rules about the store were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you remember
2: any like specific weird orders that?
1: Well, there were things my boss had problems with. He did not like serving coffee without a lid. On uh, it. like
2: a liability thing, right? I something? think it was a liability like- thing. And there was
1: <laughs> a guy who refused to get a lid on his coffee because it fucked up the foam on the top of it. Uh-huh. That guy came in. That guy came in every day. He was like the second or third guy that came into the coffee shop every day and like he would tip me really well if I wouldn't put the lid on that coffee cuz that's what he wanted cuz you can't go to McDonald's and not get a lid can't go to Starbucks and not get a lid but yeah. like I could do it um there was there was somebody that would always get uh, whipped cream like at the bottom of their coffee which what then just the immediately a kind of monster <laughs> <laughs> it just immediately obliterates right it's just like yeah. putting
2: cream in your coffee at <laughs> yeah. that point right i uh, guess with some sugar but yeah, it, yeah
1: my boss hated that too but i was <laughs> always like we're gonna put it on top we put it on bottom that's way he wants it who cares yeah yeah i'm like i don't and then the other thing is we we serve gelato and my boss like adamantly refused to have uh, a split gelato beyond like, we had a small and a large. If we had a small, you could do two gelato in there. If you had a large, you could mm. do three. And he was adamant not to put three in the small. And I was just like, if somebody wants it, yeah, like, fuck just, You know, yeah. If, yeah. I tell him, it's like, it's all going to mix together. And they're like, that's what I like about it. It's great. Okay. And I would do it. Like, <laughs> and, the, the upsell on ice cream is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It, we could eat all we wanted there. Uh, <laughs> like, the best thing about that job was not not having the customers, was eating all the ice cream, drinking all the coffee I wanted, because the <laughs> upsell on <laughs> that stuff was ridiculous. Just get
0: jacked up on sugar and caffeine. Fucking yeah. <laughs> like waltz out into the... And mix. then,
1: yeah, the last one I remembered, we had some flavor of ice cream. I don't even remember what it is now. All I remember of it was there was this one guy that would come in and ask for for Italian wedding cake ice cream, and that's not what it was. And my boss, <laughs> my boss hated that. because he would just
2: get the name wrong? of the We yeah,
1: just was like, ah, I had that one last time. It was like a wedding cake. Can I get that? And my boss would be like, we don't have a wedding cake ice cream. And he's like, well, it was like, it was like it. It tasted like it or whatever. And he's like, we don't have one. And he would just, <laughs> if he, my boss was there, he would stand in there until that guy would leave. Oh my because god! Because he wouldn't give him like that ice cream, It wouldn't tell him what ice creams might taste like. It because we don't have a way to get ice cream. Uh, and then that guy would come in, and I would get him that ice cream. And I don't, I don't know if I never told him the boss.
3: Yeah,
1: there were times where like you would come in. Oh yeah, you just give him something. You close the note. Don't tell him what it is. Yeah, don't tell him what it uh, is. He would come in sometimes, and my boss and I would be there, and he would kind of like look at me, and I would like nod, and he would wait around until my boss went to the back, and then I'd give him the ice cream.
0: Amazing that your boss was so spiteful. Yeah, he
1: was yeah, he was really funny. Yeah. And he was like it was the same. He owned like four businesses that he was working on and he really wasn't there except to come in and like check on things and get the money and hound us about the way we're serving things. <laughs> Yeah.
2: I worked at a like a used D V D slash Blu-ray store and I worked at the buying counter, meaning like I had to deal with customers who were coming in and wanting to sell their stuff oh, yeah. to the store. Mm. And so we had like, you know, every movie that's ever been made like in the system with an exact price that we would pay for it. I had to like examine all the discs and make sure they looked good. And uh, the really, the only weird stuff that happened was like several times, probably two or three times during the course of one summer. Somebody, a different guy would bring in like a massive duffel bag full of like, the exact same blu-ray <laughs> like still shrink wraps like oh like the most recent harry potter movie or something you know just like something that had come out recently that wasn't good that was like a big blockbuster clearly stolen just like <laughs> taking <laughs> all of these brand new blu-rays and trying to sell them back to the used uh dvd blu-ray store and i would like turn to my manager and be like, Hey man, like, what do I, what do I do with this? And he's like, Oh yeah, just tell him we can't, we can't buy it. And I was like, but why? And he's like, just tell him we can't. I was like, what if he gets mad at me? Like, I, don't, yeah. like, I would just have to tell people straight face. Yeah. I'm sorry. We can't buy this. Like why? I don't know, but you have to leave. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> That's awesome. Uh,
1: I, I do know someone, not me, that <laughs> definitely uh, at, not me. At, at times, knew that Circuit City would put a sale that would put like a video game or a DVD so much lower than the buy price at places like that, oh so, you'll so, buy the, up a bunch so that of you could go and, and buy up a bunch and then sell them and make like five dollars a DVD. Oh <laughs> so it might have been legitimate ish.
2: It was like a duffel bag full of like 50 to 100 of the same Blu-ray yeah. all shrink-wrapped together. It's like sometimes you'd have to drive this around. It feels with- like a box
1: that fell off a truck. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Dude,
0: I, I had somebody, I worked at a game store. I was going to say, sometimes you had to
1: drive around to a few GameStops to yeah. load all your
0: supply. Yeah, I, I worked at a game store and at one point somebody brought in a duffel bag full of, of completely open DVDs and games. <laughs> uh, like no cases or anything. Oh, just the disc? Yeah, it was all literally just like right. the full weight of just disc crammed into a duffel just all scratching against, against all each, each other. other. It's just you hear it scratch, and I remember my manager was like, "Oh, we we can't take any of these games. You need a barcode to go with them." And I was like, "That's not true." He's like, shut the fuck up, John. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I was like, Oh yeah, he's right. <laughs> and, <they laughs> left and He was like, that shit was stolen. I know
1: that shit was stolen." <laughs> I'm
3: not going to do that.
1: He
0: was like, plus less work for us. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Right.
1: Going through all those discs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, like I've had some, uh, yeah, I had some weird folks come in too. One, my, one of my buddies had a guy come in who had, uh, those clacking things that they use for like Spanish celebrations like (laughs) Like that. My fucking, I don't even know what this hand gesture, but yeah. Um, this one guy came in and he was doing that throughout the entire store. My buddy's like, sir, can I, uh, can I help you? And he was like, yeah, what is, uh, what is beauty? (laughs) Like and he clacked the things around. And my friend was like, sir, I do not know, but I do know what our top release titles are. (laughs) Would you like to know? (laughs) Um, and then I had some kid come and ask me. He was like, first year in college. He asked me uh, what I thought about Wi-Fi in the middle of the store that <laughs> had Wi-Fi coming.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> and he, I was like, I don't know what you mean. He was like, Yeah, do you think it's like safe? It's <laughs> <Is laughs> like it safe <laughs> for who? <laughs> They're like I don't know. I was like, Buddy, I got pro- I got something to tell you. You've been walking through a mall. Radio waves giving everywhere. you cancer, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he's probably out there now with the five G, fighting the same fight. <laughs>
2: That's funny. It's yeah. interesting, too, like in, in the movie, the dynamic between the clerks and the customers where it's like they hate the the customers to a kind of a strange degree. At least Randall does. But then also Randall calls out Dante. and He's like, what, you think you're better than these people like you're doing a monkey's job? You know, it's like so there's a weird kind of distance between like at least re- especially with Randall. He realizes that he's nothing special. He's not better than anybody. He has a, a, a job that anybody can do. But then also he's just constantly bitching about every single customer that comes in and like, you know, talking about all the ways that they're pieces of shit and all this stuff. It's kind of like almost a, like a way to cope with the fact that he hasn't gotten anywhere in life, you know, and he's just kind of using that as a, a venting method to, you know, kind of put the criticism at other people rather than at himself, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Randall's uh Randall levels like everybody else. He tries to, he's the uh-huh. guy that's finding the contradictions within you that he's like, this is how you tear this person down. Uh, and, and make them like everybody's equal. It doesn't fucking matter. Very nihilistic about a lot of what he, how he approaches For things. sure. Yeah. i talking about how he hates everybody that comes into the video store before we get that montage of dumb questions.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's that woman. that's like, have you seen either of these movies? Like, what have you heard about these? And he's like, he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. And then she's like, what about these two? He's like, Oh, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, these are the same movies. You weren't even paying attention. It's like, I don't fucking care. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um just those the those kind of interactions. And I mean the uh to an extent like the vilification scene for um uh, for Dante at the beginning is something that I've been through where I've been made the bad guy for like random shit or just to make a scene or spectacle. Um, and there's a bit of like this uh that that kind of comes with this distrust. You don't know which of the folks coming into your store are going to be the ones that um, pop off on you for no reason or have their own self-righteous smugness. So I think that like Randall and Dante kind of approach it as just like, fuck all of them. Why not? Uh, yeah. I don't have to deal with it if I don't, uh, if I don't care by the time they get here with that. Um, or I guess in Dante's, he gets pretty nervous whenever the smoking guy is <laughs> convincing the mob yeah. that he is the villain. <laughs> <Dante's> <laughs> the villain. Thing.
2: Oh, yeah. he's, like, so upset when they throw sticks of gum at him. <laughs> yeah. No, they put cigarettes or they gum. They throw the cigarettes back at him. They throw cigarettes at him. Yeah. At him. It's like, what, look, he acts, like, so offended. Like, I can't believe they threw cigarettes at him. He's like, dude, they're cigarettes. They weigh nothing. Like, why yeah. are you so yeah. fucking <laughs> upset get about mad about it. Like, To get mad.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you do think about, like, how Dante, or you know, handles that, how Randall would have handled that situation. Like.
2: Oh, he would have just yelled at him and, like, got him out yeah. of the store right Yeah, away. like, who the fuck
1: yeah. do you think you are? Get out of here, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> But, um, well, yeah, we could sit around
0: here and talk about all the fantastic stories we probably each have. Oh,
1: one other
2: quick thing on Dante that I I wanted to talk about is uh, his, like, connection to hockey seems weird to me, where, like, he... I assume played in high school, but like, he's like, I can't come into work. I have a hockey game at two. And like everybody he sees during the day is like, why are you here? Don't you have a hockey game? And it's like, <laughs> turns out it's just a pickup game with his league. friends, yeah, like, no, you man. know? And I was like, this, sure. Is he like a minor league hockey player? Like, is this something that actually matters? It's like, no, it's just like a street game with some buddies who are like his, you know, high school friends that also never left town. And, <laughs> but he seems to like everyone knows that about him and it's like he's made it such a part of his personality like yeah. i'm the guy who cares so much about like pick up hockey games that <laughs> it just seems so weird to so, that like, everybody knows his hockey schedule and you know he seems so offended by the fact that he might have to miss this game and at the start you're like oh this seems really serious and you're like wait a minute what the fuck like when they actually meet up and play you're like yeah. seriously this is what you were so worked up about it it's interesting kind of i don't know if it's like a holding on to the high school glory days type of thing, or just kind of an unwillingness to let go and and move on in life. I know Kevin Smith wears a lot of hockey jerseys, so I guess that's maybe something that he was was going through. Yeah,
1: hockey's like a big deal in the Northeast, in Jersey, Yeah, um, and definitely something that they played i think we all had some sport we played or something that you would play in the neighborhood or whatever i think mm-hmm. for them yeah it was a big deal i think it's kind of like the the football players and sorry to bother you yeah There's those uh-huh. guys didn't move on and that's what they do and people just know right. like they those, work at the that's furniture that's they store yeah. and they, they hug each other wearing football pants yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i think it just like is also that that scope of what's important to dante mm-hmm. that, and the other people know that they like he does not go into the job because he wants to play hockey today. <laughs> and yeah. like, and everybody just knows that like that's Dante. Um, yeah. I like that. It, we do get these frames of the people that come into the store are constantly coming into the store and people that they know, like even mm. though they talk about like three much, or four times a day, yeah, same people, yep, into the store. how much they talk about, they hate all of them, but they clearly know them and their people that they see around town otherwise, but frustrate them in this situation. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, like, I don't know, that,
0: that is, those, those are the things that I do gravitate towards in the movie and really enjoy is that kind of characterization, the animosity between them, and also the, uh, the difference in everybody, like, I think that there are so many people that come into the store that I remember like just visually cause mm-hmm. they're distinctly dressed or, uh, there's a particular shot for the scene for the way that like, uh, is it snowball? I think that comes in <laughs> the dude that's always like this is beautiful man. <laughs> like it's, it's always just like framed in such a way that you kind of have the glint of his eyes while he's like kind of dazed and looking up and like those sort of, uh, little touches of signature characterization visually for the people that, um, I found really cool. And like,
1: uh, yeah, memorable. Kevin, I will say like, you know, always we, I said, it's competent movie. Yeah. Like Kevin Smith isn't a director that you're going to walk away and be like, Oh my gosh, like this, that he did or this camera thing that he did or the, the sweeping vista that he showed or this camera pan or whatever. But he does know how to nail like movie things, like mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. Cause he's like, all right, well I gotta, sh- I gotta shoot at night, but I gotta make it pretend like it's day. So, if I have the shutters closed, so I need to show that and establish that at this point, mm-hmm. and I need a reason it's that the lock's jammed, and he does the zoom in on the lock, right? So it's just sort of like things that you as a viewer don't know that need to be there, but he does just enough to get it across to you to like establish where we are, establish the time, establish the people. their movies like God forbid that caveman movie. Where you can't tell who anyone is oh, because yeah. they didn't put in any effort to, to differentiate movie. people. that was <laughs> uh, yeah. that caveman exploitation Master that John the, and I watched. Master of
0: the Universe, no Caveman Giallo yeah. that John and I watched.
1: It's a caveman <laughs> Italian feature that yeah. like all the caveman and women just looked exactly the same, and it took us forever to figure out what was going on. Be, just because we couldn't tell different came <laughs> I mean,
0: through. I don't fucking know. We knew
1: the bear was.
0: Yeah, there's we knew one the bear. bear. That's how we. That's what we knew.
1: But yeah, Kevin Smith does enough that even these background characters have something that makes them distinct enough. Um, and I, I, I have to think like, he was sitting there and being like, all right, well, you put a trench coat on, and then that you're that. And I got to look later and be like, oh, you can't do that. I almost think like, like my head's jumping back to the rest. so like, you, you're going to do the leg? We were going to do the leg. Yeah. <laughs> we, can't, we can't both do the leg. like, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that he's able to do that. I remember it in, like, the, when I was, this is a movie that's important in my formation. We already talked about that. But when I was watching Dogma, he does a, a bit where this demon that's come back to the earth temporarily and he take, he goes in and he takes a house and his first question, he like knocks on the door and he's like, you have central air conditioning. And, and the lady's like, yeah. And then he like kills the family or whatever moves in the house and he cranks the AC up. Right. Which is a, it's a funny thing, but when he, he cranks it up and it zooms up and shows a vent and there's like little pieces of paper tied to the vent to show it coming on. Mm -hmm. And one of those things that like most movie viewers are just going to be like, all right, the vent turned on and not many people are going to stop and be like, what the fuck are there? pieces of paper on that but it yeah. as a movie director you're like i have to show you that at uh, the audience that, the that this on. happened yeah. right that the vent turned on yeah. and like that's where kevin smith knows those little things that i think other early auteur directors miss yeah that he's he just knew like he learned enough in that one year of not paying that much attention in, in film <laughs> school or, or all the movies that he watched to, to put that kind of stuff together Yeah, visual cues
0: and all. Yeah, Um, yeah. Well, I I don't have anything else to say about Clerks. (laughs) I'm out. You guys are done. All right, cool.
1: Absolutely, (laughs) Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I could. I definitely recommend it. I mean, that's unfair. I'm like, I reference stuff from it. I definitely say stuff from the Clerks animated series. Like, can you guys vulcanize vulcanize my tires? Uh, (laughs) What (laughs) the fuck? One of the ones that someone pops their head in and says that. Uh, who's driving bears driving, which I shared with you. Oh, yeah. I was
0: so confused <laughs> what the fuck I was watching.
1: I love that one. Um, yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know, whatever reasons, things like that stick out of my head still just, like, they're funny. I think they're funny. But they're not, I agree, like, together, yep. it is just strung together. But to me, I'm like, it's like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. there's a plot there, question mark, I guess. But it's just <laughs> an excuse to put together these jokes that are thematically around something. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are throwaway gags, side gags even, or just like a moment to the side. Yeah. The Holy Grail's funnier, but I'm just like, <laughs> You're <gonna get> so <laughs> to many you who's like sitting there those. about to say something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, I know, I know. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, I've, Uh, this movie is something that I would recommend. We're going in a little bit of a different order because you jumped on it it. first. You were so excited.
2: Um, (laughs) We knew the answer anyway. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) true. I would recommend this. Um, It's just uh, another fun kind of hangout film. I think that it's got some interesting conversation points and some fun dialogue in it. I'm a sucker for like that kind of setup. Um, And it, it, kind of resonates a lot with personal aspects of my life so i'm like oh i can easily recommend this to somebody else because it rides that kind of same wave that um i guess office space does although you know mm-hmm. that's kind of comparison it's more of like work sucks in a way and it's just in a different frame uh and from somebody else's perspective so it's it's one of those things where like i can just get behind that and i think it's a commonality thing um but that would be my my general pitch though is like Yeah, just two guys, like, talking in a store for the entire day. It sounds like The Trip, whenever Dixon lent me The Trip. (laughs) And I am just like, "How? why do I like this more than, like, that? And I'm kind of curious what the difference is between these kinds of, like, hangout films now.
2: Yeah, The Trip, I think, is funnier, and I like the characters more, which is why, like, I like hanging out with those guys and watching the movie. I think you probably feel the inverse of that. Um, But, yeah, I think, yeah, with hangout movies, it really depends on if you, like, the characters that are there. And if you find it enjoyable to spend, you know, an hour and a half to two hours with those people.
0: Yeah. So Dixon,
2: I would not recommend it. Um, You know, I think it, for me, uh, like I said, it was kind of a hangout movie with characters that didn't really enjoy being with. I felt like kind of the central performance was a little bit weak and kind of took away from what it could be. There's definitely some good stuff in there and you can see, kind of the the talent that Kevin Smith has as a director but um you know wasn't wasn't something that I really enjoyed that I would you know really encourage people to go check out so
1: yeah I will counter that uh, I did determine this wasn't the movie I've watched the most times Oh you know, what is I don't know what this says about me but it's David Fincher's 7 Oh <laughs> <laughs> very different vibe Yeah yeah, that's, I figured that, that's that out. That's a great Hangout film. I figured it out, yeah. And then I was kind of concerned about my mental state. <laughs> uh, so I got I to gotta watch something else like 30 more times to get... But I have watched this a lot. Like, that's true. Watch but, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, I, keep, <laughs> I keep going on Venom. I don't know that I can do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, well, with that, we will take a break, y'all. Are you tired of bland, convenience store stops that are too forgettable and too convenient? Whatever happened to the journey is more important than the destination. At Sal's luxury convenience store and video rental, the customer experience is our priority. Looking to gas up, grab some snacks for the road, or maybe just making a stop for roadside assistance. We've got six pumps, an entire aisle of snack foods guaranteed to fail, satisfying your hunger and a partially stocked selection of road utilities, all ready to be rung up by our discontent underpaid employees. Sure. That nails the convenience aspect, but where's the luxury? We can't show you. You'll have to experience it for yourself when you visit our unisex restroom, complete with premium sandpaper-textured single-ply toilet paper, neatly presented on the back tank of the toilet for ease of access. Once you've washed up using our hot water-only restroom faucet, you can dry your hands at the automated paper towel dispenser by waving them frantically in front of its sensor in an attempt to make it actually dispense something. On your way out, don't forget to peruse our collection of VHS rentals, a vast selection spanning decades of cinematic adventures. You can pick anything from the 1992 letterbox edition of Star Wars The Original Trilogy to the 1997 special edition of Star Wars The Original Trilogy, or perhaps a roughly used copy of Hudson Hawk is more your speed. You name it, we've probably got it, with the exception of all recent releases. At Sal's luxury convenience store and video rental, we have the best experience giving customers the best experience. Next time you're thinking about stopping in a place, make it a memorable stop at Sal's. Welcome back, everybody, to recommend or Refute. You, you know the rules. You go around the table, tell you uh, if you should spend some time with the film or if you should just blow it off. Don't even see that. Uh, I picked this time around, so I will talk about the movie I'm going to recommend. Real quick, though, I want to do a whoa. follow-up. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're, we're already doing, breaking we're Getting yeah. out of control
1: here. <laughs> <It> <laughs> Always down. breaking your own rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: want to do a follow-up before I get to my recommend. Oh, uh, right. The last episode, I said, Dixon, I'm all in. Watch Moon Knight, baby. Five episodes, only one left. What could go wrong? Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, 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 yeah, Moon Knight ended on like a... Uh, like it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It was kind of messy.
3: Mm.
0: Um, that being said, I still stand by it being a fantastic Oscar Isaac performance all throughout, um, with some really fun notes from Ethan Hawk's character. It wasn't something that, like, it didn't devolve into a Marvel fight, like, slugfest visual garbage. There was maybe like two cuts in the final episode that were even close to a fight, like, that was fast or something, but immediately it just kind of like subverts a lot of those we're gonna have a big fight now and you end up seeing all of it like it just will cut to something else to show you more of the character work instead of Hmm. the fight going down so i I appreciated that like the hobbit should have done yeah um (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: is it can it just stop and not watch the final episode and pretend that was it (laughs) You
0: you could do that. (laughs) uh, That's certainly an option. Now, it it wraps up relatively nice. And uh, according to Oscar Isaac, he did not sign any other additional contract to come back. So I was like, good. I will allow the show to end where it ends. Um, It ends on like a dark note after having it's like it has a post credit scene. And it's just of course it does, but the post-credit scene <laughs> is literally just like a dark continuation of the story oh. instead of a setup for something it's else. tee up to Eternals, yeah. Too. And so it, it ended, and I was like, <laughs> "Well, that was fucked up." <laughs> but like, so my takeaway was, uh, yeah, it had like, I guess, the second, technically the second darkest ending since Infinity War. So I was just hmm. like, "Oh, I I enjoyed that. It's a little abrupt. The last episode's a little deserved like maybe twenty more minutes to actually wrap up, but." Six-episode series with Oscar Isaac playing multiple roles was really entertaining.
1: Um, It was interesting that he's not signed on for anything more that made me wonder if, like, Disney isn't bringing the Brinks truck as much. Oh, yeah. Because it seemed like before they would only sign somebody up for a Marvel movie if they could sign him up for nine. Yeah, like
2: a huge contract. Yeah,
1: or even the TV shows or whatever to, to like, close out contracts or to get him started on a contract that, like, Oscar Isaac either said no and they were okay with it, or they were just like, I don't know, some of these movies aren't panning out, like, some of this stuff's not working, Yeah, we're not going to guarantee ourselves a sequel.
2: Yeah. yeah, I could definitely see Oscar Isaac just not wanting to get tied into a long-term thing like that because he he has makes such interesting choices and, like, he seems to, like, really care about having interesting roles and doing different stuff and just getting locked into playing the same character over and over, I imagine would be a bit dull for him yeah and even like knowing that it's only a six episode series like that seems right like he would just want to come and do that and have that experience and then and get yeah. out and go do something else yeah
1: but that's where i'm like i would think if the studio would be like okay well then he's not the guy for us let's yeah. get somebody yeah. we can do know. three three seasons with though the fact that 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 didn't happen i was like is interesting to me one yeah. way or another yeah,
0: But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Moon Knight overall just because it subverted a lot of the Marvel Slugfest tropes that had been established in favor of focusing on the characters. So I would recommend it from the fact that like I liked it. I wouldn't say that by the sixth episode I like, loved it. But there I'm somewhere in between that where um, I really favor it as just a story. I enjoyed it. Um, from the superhero aspect, there's not really a lot of like crazy, oh my God, you're saving the universe shit in it that Needs to be emphasized, it's much more interesting, uh, for the, the main character Oscar Isaac plays. Nice, but yeah, it's,
2: it's funny to me just to hear like people talk about Oscar Isaac in Moon Knight. It's like you know, like big time actors who are really famous and, and do a lot of really good work. It's like they're inevitably most seen movie is like a stupid kids' movie that like isn't good and like they're not <laughs> yeah. proud of their performance <laughs> yeah. in it, but like it ends up being. Kind of what most people know them for, and um, it's this kind of feels like that to me. It's like uh, so many people have been like, "Hey, have you seen Moon?" I was like, "No," and they're like, "You know that dude from Star Wars? He's a really good actor." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, those, of course, Oscar Isaac uh, had nothing to do in Star Wars, which is a huge fucking crime that yeah. they didn't write an interesting character for him. But then, like, you know, it's like, this is the first time that a lot of people have discovered, oh, he's actually really talented. And like, you know, my, my brother-in-law was telling me like, oh, yeah, man, he's so good. I had no idea. I was like, yeah, dude, have you ever heard of like Inside Lewin Davis or Annihilation or like uh, card, card Ex you? Machina, the card counter, card. like so many so many good you know amazing performances this guy's had he's like yeah he's one of the best actors working right now he's so good and he's like yeah I had no idea you know
1: just like <laughs> yeah. that Star Wars guy he's um, really makes good <laughs> next, <laughs> he's so sad. next week he's like have you heard of this Adam Driver guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god is this that Kylo Ren <laughs> dude Marvel's marriage good. story it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> they just yeah you, they would do that though they rip it off just like Joker <laughs> they'd make it oh, like no. Black Widow and yeah, David yeah, Tanner. <laughs> scarlett johansson again (laughs) oh man uh yeah anyways on to my recommend i just wanted to follow up on that to say that uh hey i lost a little bit uh on my my bet against myself it wasn't what i thought it would end up being but it's still good all right um my recommend I've seen it three times in the past four days whoa uh, it is everything everywhere all at once and I know that Dixon you had said uh that, that you weren't you you enjoyed it but I did I liked it.
2: it it was a a strong thumbs up for me, but it was i I was kind of taken aback by just the like overwhelming love that it it's getting. Uh, but it, clearly you're totally on board with it. So uh, oh, yeah. excited to hear hear your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. So uh, this is the film, the second film directed by Daniels, or they're they're called the Daniels, but it's with the lowercase T. They've said they don't want the oh, pretension of being the uh, uh, when Jeff Daniels is people still to out there. Think they're a married couple or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah it's a, the the first film they directed was uh, Swiss Army Man with Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano uh, which I love as well I found that to be a fantastically weird and heartfelt story uh, oddly sentimental journey that I've uh, my family some, for some reason watched with me oh, all the way you know. through oh, wow. um, and then immediately after my dad was like you like this stuff
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I kind of fucked up pre-versions <laughs> are you into John
3: <laughs> You know <them> preverts uh, <laughs> Um,
0: yeah, this this film uh, follows Michelle Yeoh's character Evelyn as she discovers, uh, basically, on the day of a critical tax audit, and what seems like a stress breakdown and a midlife crisis, uh, that she discovers she's the the sole Evelyn in the multiverse that can save everyone from this cosmic omnip- omnipotent force that seems to be permeating through all of the multiverse. Uh, and it it stars um, uh, Ke Huy Quan, who. Folks might know better as Jonathan K. Kwan, who played Short Round uh, in Indiana Jones, and he's in one of my favorite movies from 1990, uh, uh, Breathing Fire. It's not, it's a 99 cent Walmart bin purchase and it was great.
3: Oh, okay. um,
0: but after that movie, he didn't really get a lot of work until uh, this. He, I think he saw Crazy Rich Asians and he was like, wow, um, I can actually get work now. Cause it was kind of just a tragic Hollywood story oh, for him wow. where he stopped That's getting hilarious. calls. He, and, uh,
1: he's in the Saving Ohana family. I can't remember if I referenced that here, but it's a thousand percent Goonies rip off. Oh wow! <laughs> He's then He's in, in that? referencing essentially that it's a Goonies ripoff. <laughs> God,
0: that is <laughs> that's amazing. Um, th- this film uh, basically, as I just kind of described the synopsis, the feelings within it are pure absurdity. Like everything in this is bonkers, cranked to the max. Um, Daniels. Cut their teeth on primarily making music videos. Uh, they're best known for the "Turn Down for What" music video, where I didn't dude, know that. yeah, yeah, where the dude <laughs> with a, an autonomous dick floor. breaks through several <laughs> floors of a building, <laughs> getting other people to party, and their genitalia and other appendages to flap everywhere um it's so bonkers but yeah uh they they would do a bunch of other kind of music production and uh daniels are kind of quoted as saying yeah because we worked on such low budgets we had to get clever and creative with a lot of the things that we did and so this is a film that is done on a really slim budget from an indie like perspective they did i think the the vfx look better than marvel movies do and they're done by like a team of five Uh because um, they mix practical so well in the middle of it that it, it just makes that believability uh, and really accentuates a lot of the scenes and the visual the visual effects that make it pop. Um,
2: to be clear, better than Marvel effects is a very low bar. It's true, It's true. <laughs> but the effects are good, the effects are good. <laughs>
3: um,
0: yeah, and then the, <laughs> it is, Yeah, right, it's honest. They, they use a lot of effects, that shit. shit. you're
3: right, it's really yeah. bad. <laughs> it looks real fake, but um,
2: yeah. <laughs> Done more tastefully too. Mar- Marvel does everywhere. Yeah. Everything all at once looks good. Yeah,
0: and and uh, kind of once you're in it, there's there's a a very slow but it still feels fast buildup, like the characters setting up per- certain parts for the rest of the movie to carry out through. Um, but it never feels like it's dragging. Like it is very well. I'm so impressed by the editing. Yes, that it's it cuts so well between scenes, despite having to balance out parts of the movie go in and out of letterbox frame to accentuate whether you're in the multiverse or whether you're back in the main story. And there are other parts that like have to edit together to do these snap cuts that make it seem like, uh, you've switched to a different multiverse, but on the same shot and like characters are this way now, or some kind of, uh, uh like absurdity that's added into one character's aspect uh, in the next scene, um, just done in this goofy, like snapping into somebody else's consciousness way. Um, and at the same time it pays homage to like so much, uh, Asian cinema. Like you've got Wong Kar Wai, uh, homage done in it. Um, there's a lot of Jackie Chan style, like martial arts done or Kung Fu done like some of his bits. Uh, and then you even have some Steven Chow like thrown in. Um, so I, I loved this film. I loved, uh, everything about it. I took, uh, Sasha to see it. I went to see it alone first and was like, Oh wow. And I took Sasha and she, had the same reaction had to process all of it coming out and then i took my dad that's the ultimate test
2: oh wow what and do you
0: think he um he cried he laughed and at the end he said son that's the weirdest movie i've seen in a long time <laughs> and i said but it was good right and he said oh yeah it was excellent and i was like that's uh, great praise <laughs> um and he kept of course laughing about a scene where people fight with dildos he just couldn't stop <laughs> laughing about that it was his favorite part <laughs> His, uh, um, yeah. butt plugs featured
2: prominently, too. <laughs> as <well>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: they they hold nothing back. Those Daniels, those rascals. <laughs> um, but yeah, all that to say, I, I recommend it. Uh, definitely. It's um, kind of a continuation. I see from last year, like me watching pig. There's another film that deals with nihilism and confronting mm-hmm. it and turning positives out of uh, meaninglessness or the seeming thereof. Um, and so I just appreciated it on that level as well as like the family drama that goes into it. Uh, it resonated with me. So it's, it's again, another movie that I'm like, this might be my favorite film of this year. And I, I did see the Northmen. So it was like, uh, yeah, I, you know, both great, but I love this more. So,
2: yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think, Uh, some of the best editing that I've ever seen. I was really impressed with how they were able to kind of pull everything together in a way that made some level of sense. Um, Like I was kind of like, that was a, a very impressive feat. Some of the things that bothered me is that I felt like it didn't really establish rules very well. And then it was just like doing crazy shit. And I was like, wait, what is this? Like, how are they moving to different universes? Like they didn't like originally they like set up some rules and they just kind of ignore them. And it's just like, it kind of bothered me that they were just kind of like, not adhering to the rules that they set at the beginning. You're supposed to go with it. Um, and then I felt like there were a lot of interesting, profound ideas about relationships and family is kind of a way to counter nihilism that were really interesting. But I felt like the movie kept kind of undercutting those moments with like juvenile jokes that I didn't think landed very well. Like the audience that I was with was laughing way harder than I was. And maybe that's just me. Being a, an idiot, but like, I just felt like the humor there was some stuff that was really funny, and other stuff that felt like didn't really work and was like in the middle of this really emotional moment. You know, they keep flashing back to all these different uh, universes and the things that are going on there, and like you know if you're trying to make your big profound point like i want to kind of sit there and ruminate in that and think on those ideas and it kept pulling out of that and doing a stupid like joke for 7-year-olds and then jumping back into the profoundness and i was like i don't really like this whiplash that is going on here i felt like they were just trying to do a little bit too much at at once and even like the concept is not necessarily too much, but the way that they assemble it together, I was like, you could have done this in a way kind of that made a little bit more sense and that flowed together better. And that wasn't constantly jerking the audience around of, you know, the different ideas that it was trying to do.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I do know what you're talking about with the kind of like undercut humor in it. Um, but it there is to that degree, like the Daniels have never taken themselves seriously, and at the same time managed to conjure such humanity in what they do.
2: Sure. yeah, And so
0: I think that there's an extension to which they think that the tragedy and the comedy can be melded together. And it's something that like, yeah, you don't have to like necessarily, but as uh, like kind of their authors of their work that's imbued in Swiss Army Man and in everything everywhere All at once, there are scenes that are undercut by the comedic timing of something else like popping in. And that's just part of their roller coaster for sure. So it's it's definitely like valid. I would say to be, to, to say that like, Hey, it impacts how I experience it, but it is also the way that I think they intended to be. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's clearly
2: a choice. And I just didn't, I didn't like the choice. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, I'd recommend it, Ryan. Don't take your kids though. No, yeah. They're not ready. (laughs) And I I liked it. I I gave it a B
2: plus. Like there's a lot of really good stuff in it. Just for me, it, it was, I was like, I was kind of mad at it because it had so much potential to be really great. And I felt like it kept Dragging itself down, and that really bothered me.
3: Hmm.
0: It's interesting. I felt like the opposite. So, we have just different interpretations. Yeah. Of the, just, uh, that's cool, everybody. You can have different interpretations. <laughs> don't have to be fucking same people, sheep. And
2: we can both agree <laughs> that the movie is good and <laughs> yeah. that it's worth going to see. Yeah.
1: There we go. Uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting. You don't hear people that were working on music videos moving to movies now, but like Fincher worked on music videos and Spike Lee and Paul, Paul Thomas, Thomas Anderson. Anderson. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah, I it's also really
2: cool to see this movie doing so well in like an indie rollout where it's kind of yeah. getting in a few more screens every week and it's maintaining or growing its box office most weeks or maybe dropping but very slightly. And, you know, you got movies that have big openings and then drop down and you, every everything everywhere all at once is like third or fourth every week in the box office and like kind of constantly getting a little bit bigger audience. And it's cool to see it be successful to the degree that it has.
1: Yeah. which is interesting when we're talking about Northmen, like it's not like this has a ad campaign behind it. Yeah. Right? Like so it's interesting. Much how more
2: so than the Northmen. They they've done a better they job have, of marketing yeah.
1: than the Northmen has for sure. But they're you know, that they're competing against things that you're drowning in advertisements <laughs> for. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. it does say something.
0: Yeah. I was, speaking of the Northmen's ad campaign, I was recommended a video where uh, Alexander Skarsgard and uh, Anya Taylor Joy had to taste different Swedish snacks, and that's, I think, an advertisement for the North. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's some kind of sponsorship thing. I don't fucking know. So I was like, okay, you just like
2: here, eat these meatballs. Yeah, and just tell me what you think.
0: Try this and tell me. And the hmm. clickbait was like, Anya Taylor Joy hates this kind of whatever Swedish food, and I was like, I don't care. I You'll never in the movie. believe yeah. what
2: food on you, Taylor Joy, yeah. can't stand. We left butter out <laughs> in the Swedish hot sun. You'll never
0: guess out. what happens next. <laughs> they uh, ate it in an Ikea.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my recommend. Uh, uh, Ryan, what do you, or the,
1: yeah, what do you got? Yeah, cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about something that, that I know you guys are going to be like, well, you're going to talk about that instead of the other movie I was talking about? Okay. Right there. Bring it on. Obvious.
3: Um, <laughs>
1: I'll let you know we'll catch it we'll come back on that um, is it the bad guys so yeah so I, I uh, we ended up watching a movie that I knew that, that Dixon would hate by someone i know that dixon has commented on hating oh so i i threw myself on a Branau grenade for oh, you no. <laughs> oh did you
2: watch the death on the nile <laughs> we watched
1: murder on the orient express i'll let you know about death I've on the that. nile i've seen that one it's not good <laughs> yeah no yeah. it's not good i'll let you know about uh death on the nile when i get to that one next because uh, because darla demanded that we watch them in order not that it matters uh, <laughs> somebody's murdered and then they solve it. He pro, pro carries over, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah. okay. Sure. You see how his mustache changes. I forgot
0: about the, Is that an Agatha Christie novel? Yeah, it's
1: Agatha Christie novel. I
0: forgot about,
1: yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think it's more interesting to pick apart why it's not a good movie to kind of talk about. I mean, I'm definitely like, don't recommend it. Uh, Darla also was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Um, aside from the fact that I'm not entirely sure Agatha Christie mystery novels work as a movie as a movie i know that this was done as a series on pbs that i think i probably watched at some point point. and maybe i'm making that up as like a fever i think drink. there is
2: an old movie it, from like the 60s or something yeah kind of I oh
1: that. i'm sure there's movie versions of it yeah. but I, I also think that movie versions probably don't do it justice because it's a you know it's a murder mystery that's built around learning about these characters that you get not enough time with to where a miniseries would be enough time to get, it doesn't even have to be that, but that much yeah. more to get around some of the characters. Um, yeah, hey, there's a
2: 1974 version directed by Sidney Lumet. Uh, with Lauren Bacall and Ingrid Bergman in it. Oh,
1: all right. And hmm. Humphrey Bogart.
0: And Sean Connery. <laughs> oh
2: Sean my God. Connery wow. Perot. This is he has got to know, be way, like, way gotta, better. Wait, than I'm sorry, in,
0: when did you say it? was 74? 74, yeah. That's the same year that Zardos came out? <laughs>
2: uh, I, I believe so. Which one did uh, more people see? It's a good... It's uh, hard to figure out. No, off. Sean Connery plays Kerbal... It was Colonel. The- Arb- Arbuthnot and uh, somebody in Albert Finney plays her the murder is bad <laughs> <laughs> the gun <laughs> is good <laughs> the train is good um,
1: yeah I, now I'm interested I, I still don't think that one's probably that good just because I think one I, I don't think that the mystery of it all works that well like I always thought it was a bit contrived in the novel oh shit anyway. Anthony
2: Perkins is in it ooh from uh, Psycho <laughs> Psycho Anthony Perkins yeah <laughs>
1: Um, no, well, and so the same thing here with this one, we have a cast that's full of great people. They get yeah. barely any time to do anything. Uh, and there are also one note characters because that's the point of like, it, it's a murder it's novel. Like it's a and you, you, novel. You, yeah, you need to know like, this is the maid, this is the Butler. That's all that's important about it's them. Clue. So it's like, why did we drag out Dame Judy Dench to talk once in this movie? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like very underutilized and, and, Some even more than others. Uh, It's
2: like Willem Dafoe and Michelle Pfeiffer, and like it's a huge cast, and like nobody is. Yeah, Willem Dafoe gets like not much at all, which is sad. Always makes me angry when he's underutilized in movies. Yeah,
1: (laughs) we probably get the most ish time out of Daisy Ridley and Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer does a good job. Like, I like seeing her now. Like, she's picking some more interesting roles over the years now that she's kind of been able to distance herself from being you know, a pretty face at the time when she was hit really big that now she can get into some interesting acting roles. Um, but it, it's just like stuffed full of trying to get these one new characters across and, uh, brown Al just had to be giving himself high fives behind the camera. Oh, you know oh, he oh, does it was so bad. The the part where it just absolutely killed it and put it over the top is when they bring together everyone for the reveal at the end of the murder. Yep. And they're all outside the train on this ridiculously long table, all facing outward, and one hundred percent perfect Last Supper image of it. <laughs> that that was just like is
2: he in the Christ position.
1: No, surprisingly, <laughs> I think he had Michelle Pfeiffer in that seat, but but still, I'm just like, really, like yeah, you really. know, in some movies, but he even do it like that bold faced, like yeah, I was just like, oh man, he he afterwards had to have just been like. Ah look at that I'm awesome Ah, they made the last supper (laughs) yeah was in a movie that's like that does nothing and it has no meaning in (laughs) the following scene or what's going on it it was really stupid I could see Um, him
2: being like after every take like director Kenneth Branagh giving a high five to actor actor Kenneth Branagh (laughs) (laughs) you killed it buddy nice yeah (laughs) yeah uh, oh, we're fucking nailing this movie yeah it's
0: like a more pathetic <laughs> rick dalton <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's like really sad um the, i i got hung up on like we talked about bad effects i got hung up by the inconsistency in the train speed from outside graphic effects and inside looking out at think effects. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes i'm like it's going 10 miles an hour and then outside it's going like 90 through the mountains i'm like Got, it's fucking it snow footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's an inconsistency in the size of the train. It's an feels like a dead train for something at the beginning mm. that there's like uh, hundreds of people waiting to get on this train. It's a packed train, sir. We can't even get you into cars in third class. Well, kick this guy off the train. Fuck him. <laughs> I'm getting Hercule <laughs> Poirot in here. And then it's like there's a 10 people on this train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only no the core Only the cast. No one else is important. It's like
0: if the Titanic was only Jack and Rose. Science. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nobody
1: else. And it's like, it's a murder on this train. Don't worry about any lower class people. They couldn't have possibly committed this murder. We're not even <laughs> going to go back there.
2: So yeah, I was just it, I was really put hey, off. Uh, yeah I can get down with that premise you know like <laughs> but hey the rich people are the evil ones the, here. You know, automatically yeah. the <laughs>
1: evil ones yeah so yeah look at mm-mm, not good I yeah it, and yeah Darla afterwards was like whatever was happening at the beginning of that movie seemed way more entertaining <laughs> than the end of the, the rest of the movie that we <laughs> saw um, so yeah it was a no but I will let you know because we'll watch Murder on the Nile and yeah, no Death yeah. on the Nile I also like that it it tees up it's sequel in the like post credit sequel. No, just at the end. Like, he's like, I'm done. And then some guy walks up and is like, are you detective Piro?" And he's like, no. Or like, I, I don't know where he is or whatever. I used to be. I used yeah. to be him. Yeah. Some shit like that. And he's like, well, there's a murder on the Nile. And he's like, Oh, I am him. Oh my God. <laughs> and, but I was like in the book, he actually just legit, dramatic music and credits. Yeah. In the book, it's interesting because he legit like retires though Agatha Christie drags his body out for like 10 more novels because yeah. that, that is what you do. But she didn't try to tee up a sequel, and you get a more interesting point yet because through this you get a bit of like, he's done, he's retired, he's not really wanting to do this, he's supposed to be on his way, va- he's not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> yeah, Dante. <laughs> uh, yeah. Be a totally yeah. different kind of movie if it and, was Clerks. Yeah, and then he becomes disillusioned with the whole thing once he figures out what the case resolution is. To then just be like, on to the next murder, like, deflates any point, any of yeah. this kind undercuts of is, Yeah, undercuts his... Yeah, immediately. Uh, Brownell's distracting. Yeah, always. <laughs> Super distracting. I maybe?
2: feel like they try to make the ending be, like, this profound thing, too. And it's just not. Like, no. It's just not really that interesting, I think, the way that it ends. It's not what you would expect, but it, they try to act like this is some revelatory ending that's right. just like this wonderful story that's twisting and turning like it's just it's just it's not, not that exciting
1: yeah it, it's contrived like mm-hmm. to, as well like it was in the novel it's contrived here it, and i i will say i hate honestly don't care for i like detective in concept like i just mentioned this earlier sevens like my sure favorite yeah. <laughs> i like detective in concept but like agatha christie and i point to like sherlock holmes I have a big problem where we pretend to tell you like you could figure out this mystery, but then they know shit they don't tell you that's critically important to the whole thing and then at the end act so smug that they solve the mystery and like Dan Brown. Yeah, well that's just bad (laughs) (laughs) mysteries. Uh, but yeah, like that, the whole, like everything hinges on Piro happening to have knowledge of this case from years before that if he didn't know about, he would have known jack shit. It's just first. like gaslight. No, yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> no, just yeah. Have any um, and then it just like slow drips us that information that's critically important. Like later it's that I hate that. Um, yeah. You mainly figure it out by, by partway through this movie over Darla's like, wow, There are a lot of people on this train that knew this guy from before. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, that's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) What a coincidence. Yeah, what a weird coincidence. So, yeah, no pass. I'll let you know how hard pass Death on the Nile is. Why why are you
2: going to watch Death on the Nile? Because Darla. Well, honestly. Did Darla like Murder on the Orient
1: Express? (laughs) no. (laughs) <laughs> just cut date uh, why are you going on why, why do you want to watch yeah. the sequel uh, Darla had said she wanted to watch death in the nile and then hilariously whatever reason we mentioned it and talked about how horrible it probably was we yeah. didn't know yeah. confidently on that one what moving we can theorize yeah that oh it's bad. yeah not too big of a stretch to <laughs> it's me. not a jump it's not a leap uh and then i was like hey i didn't have something to talk about this week yet like let's watch a movie uh what do you what do you get to pick and she was like, oh, what about that murder mystery on the Nile thing or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I was like, or oh, we can watch, like, she was like, wasn't there one on a train? I was like, yeah, that was the one before. And she was like, great, let's watch that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> sure. whatever, turn off my brain, let's go.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: I I As you were talking about it, I was like, I would like to see that, but directed by, like, Quentin Tarantino. And then I realized, mm. like, oh,
1: The Hateful Eight is basically. You should watch The Hateful Eight it's his basically yeah. that. Yeah, it's just yeah. that. <laughs> it's much better. And he would, like, clean up all the contrived I'm horrible still, coincidence type shit i'm still there's a coincidence that, in there but it's not bullshit yeah.
2: there's just, no sam jackson monologue about dick sucking yeah which right. is, it's just yeah. really murder murder on the Orient express needed that yeah I think. yeah that makes every <laughs> movie better yeah <laughs>
0: i'm just upset that hateful 8th blu-ray isn't the same cut that made it to theaters that tarantino insisted on holding shit out until they could get it on netflix where you can't netflix. fucking buy yeah. it yeah. Like, god damn it i want the full edit. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. hear me, Tarantino? You yeah. listen to this podcast. I know you do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I was turning into right there.
1: Uh, yeah, we, we would like a private screening of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, anytime. anytime uh, yeah, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll pay for the plane tickets if <laughs> yeah, you be. let us in. <laughs>
1: anyway, uh, on to you. Yeah, <laughs> Dickson, let's see what you get. All
2: right. Uh, so I watched a movie that I think is a very interesting pairing with Everything Everywhere all at once. Um I watched the new, uh, Celine Sciamma film, petite Maman, which, um, I had seen in the fall at Austin film festival. And it was technically a 2021 release. Cause they did like a small run in Brooklyn somewhere. And so like, it's not a 2022 film, but now it's, it's, is it's, it's like quote unquote wide release. Like it's not a wide, it's a limited release. Cause it's a, you know, small independent French film, but, um, it's probably playing somewhere in your town. Um, it is a very much a mother daughter story, like Everything Everywhere All at Once is. Um, also, with a sci fi premise and kind of a way to analyze that relationship. Um, Celine Sciamma r- wrote and directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which was one of my favorite movies from 2019. Um, just this really, really powerful story about um, this uh, lesbian relationship in like the 17 or 1800s in France where, you know, obviously that was frowned upon at the time. Uh, but it's just a really great, really powerful movie. Petite Maman is a little bit scaled down. It's very profound and interesting. It doesn't have quite the gut punch that Portrait of a Lady on Fire does. But if you liked that movie, highly recommend checking this one out. Um, it, the movie opens on a little girl uh, who's eight years old, at a nursing home saying goodbye to a bunch of the residents there because her grandmother has just passed away and she kind of knew some of her grandmother's neighbors in that hallway. And then she goes with her mom to her grandmother's old house where they are kind of sorting through her stuff and, um, you know, kind of getting the house ready to sell. Um, and clearly, uh, the little girl, uh, named Nellie is very close with her mom, but also kind of doesn't feel like their relationship is as close as it could be. The movie's very much from the little girl's perspective. Um, she can see kind of the depression and sadness in her mom as she's dealing with this grief that Nellie is also experiencing, but obviously not to the same degree that her mom is. Um, they're there for about a day sorting through, um, grandma's stuff and then her mom kind of can't take it anymore and leaves and she's there with just her dad um so she's kind of very upset and unsure what's going on with her mom if she's the cause of it if her mom is going to come back and then ends up meeting a little girl in that area who looks exactly like she does uh played by her twin sister uh josephine sands plays Nellie, and um, gabrielle sands her sister plays this girl that she meets um the girl has some connection to her that is revealed throughout the film that I won't give away. Depending on the trailer that you have seen, it might have given away the twist or might not have. I think it's better going into the film, kind of not really knowing what that is. But um, essentially she kind of they they kind of bond together and have this friendship. And at the same time, Nelly kind of learns more about her mom and kind of is able to see life more through her perspective and understand more what she is going through. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to talk about the movie without talking about it kind of the central plot device. But, um, if you like everything everywhere all at once, I think Petite Maman is a really fascinating movie that talks about a lot of the same ideas in kind of a more minimalist way that, um, I found it more powerful, and um, it's also very, it's a 72 minute movie. It's like in and out, but it's a very like it. It sits with you, and um, I like it better than any 2022 movie that has come out so far. So definitely highly recommend going to check it out. But um, yeah, Petite Maman. I, I think if you like everything everywhere all at once, would highly recommend checking it out. I know a lot of people are really excited about that movie. I think if you like those things. Uh, Petite Maman, I think, talks about them in a way that I found more more compelling and that kind of stuck with me um, in in a more more interesting way. So,
0: all right, well, there you go. So uh, you have it from the table, everybody. We have uh, a, a recommend on my side for everything <laughs> everywhere all at once. A refute on Ryan's end for uh, murder, murder on, on the, the Orient, Orient Express. Express. Yeah. And then you've got to recommend for, is it p- Petit Petite Maman. One, uh, from Dixon over there. So we have two sides of the same coin. Uh, a slower, I assume, and more kind of like minimalist. And then you've got yep. the excessive and fast kinetic. Maximalist. Yeah, maximalist. <laughs> uh, everything, everyone at once. But yeah. Um, and with that, uh, this is. Uh, Your host, John Garcia, signing off from the podcast with me as always.
1: Ryan King. I'm supposed to be here today.
0: (laughs) And?
2: (laughs) And Michael Dixon. Thanks for putting up with our bullshit.